You're listening to The Next Dimension. DBZ presents Beyond the Super Saiyan, The Evil Truce, and The Final Flash. 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 Cavalcade of Stupidity, or uh, The Next Dimension, the Dragon Ball Z podcast. As always, I'm your host, Donovan Morgan Grant, and as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, a newly promoted Jesse Garrett. I bring the stupidity. <laughs> oh no, you'll know why I've, I've labeled that very soon, uh, or at least in, in a bit. I might as well title the episode that. Oh yes. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, we're back for the month of, let me check the calendar, May, and um we have some fun stuff to talk about, some uh, interesting stuff to talk about, some hilarious stuff to talk about, and some news to talk about. Uh, have we seen Battle of Gods yet? No. But um, there is some news regarding the future of Dragon Ball Z Kai. As we reported a few months ago, uh, they are continuing Dragon Ball Z Kai in Japan, although it won't air in Japan. But they are going to uh, re- re- uh, refurbish that anime to go through, finish off the rest of DBZ towards the end of the Boo Saga. And um, as of the 23rd of April, uh, actually I, I found this out today, although we're not, this is not the 23rd, uh, both uh, Sean Schimmel, who is the American voice of Goku, and Kyle Hebert, who is the American voice of Gohan, and the narrator, uh, or at least the original DBZ narrator, are uh, confirming that they are going to do a Funimation dub of the uh, Kai version of the Boo Saga. Um, and I'm going to read off the uh, Twitter quotes. Uh, I don't have Twitter, but I, I read this off. Um, uh, Kyle Hebert says... Just got the blessing to announce that I will be returning as Gohan for the Boo Saga of Dragon Ball Z Kai. No release or broadcast dates for now. 
So um, that's that's some news. <laughs> I, I originally had it in the uh, schedule that we were going to kind of just move to the original anime uh, permanently. But uh, depending on when that kind of comes out, um, should be interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to cut out. And I'm interested to see who uh, who's going to be replaced vocally. But uh, since, Jesse, you basically just watched DBC Kai, it'll be... Uh, It'll be, I guess, smooth sailing for you. No, no, no hiccups. Yeah, nice, nice continuity. Even though uh, I have seen, uh, I've obviously seen some of the original, the original uh, versions before, but right. for the, for the purposes of the show, I've mainly stuck to Kai. Do you remember much of um the Boo Saga, like in the original version? Like, like, do you remember like the voices or anything, like Majin Boo or? Uh... Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I uh, have only have very faint memories of it. Uh, really, yeah, that and really the Cell Saga in itself. I don't remember a whole lot of that. Uh, you know, watching some of the episodes, it kind of comes back to me, but yeah, no, nowhere near as much as uh, the earlier stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, most of the voices that so far have really stayed the same. Goku, Trunks, Vegeta. The only notable voices that I've, I know have changed are Chi... No, not even Chi-Chi. Uh, Bulma and Gohan, you know, little Gohan. Pretty much everybody's, you know, stayed virtually the same. I mean, even Cell has the same voice. Um, 18 has a different voice, which is... <laughs> I've complained about that before and will again. But, um... I'm interested. I mean, obviously, it's uh, older Gohan, Kylie Bear, who voiced Gohan for the Boot Saga, is coming back as that voice, which will be interesting. I'm interested to see how Boo sounds if they keep that kind of childlike voice he had, or if they're going to change it up a bit. I do remember his voice, and yeah, that is kind of creepy. Yeah, it's a bit messed up. Uh, I really am interested because I remember the, the Japanese version of Majin Buu, which I actually like heard uh, before it aired in America, was a lot more like kind of mischievous and less kind of like you know mentally handicapped sounding <laughs> so uh i'm interested to see if they're, how they're gonna play that but uh and i'm wondering if they're gonna have the same uh, effect for go tanks but i'm i'm talking about a bunch of stuff that like we're not gonna talk about tonight so i'll just end it right there um and without further ado let's just get into the emails for tonight yeah e- the emails or the z-mails whichever you prefer we have three tonight and uh jesse jesse shall start off with the first one from a re- returning voice uh so who emails in for us first tonight jesse well, uh, judging by the scrolling I'm having to do to see all the text, you guessed it, Daniel. I did guess it. <laughs> Hello again, Donovan and Jesse. Okay, finally caught up with your March episode 16, and I guess I'll have to apologize and take full blame for the lack of emails or Z-mails on the show. Yes, you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what episode this one will end up on, but I'm sure by now you guys are tired of hearing from me again. But that won't stop me from my ranting. Oh, good. Yes, definitely not. You did manage to fill up that usual email time with a good discussion on the upcoming movie. But my part, for my part, I have been doing my best to keep away from looking at any previews and just listening to general synopsis and rumors about the movie. I will save any real judgment for when I get to properly see, see the movie for myself. I will say that from all I've heard, the Super Saiyan God form does seem very unnecessary. It's funny, Donovan made the comparison of the advertisements having Super Saiyan Gohan to if they had shown Super Saiyan Vegeta during the Saiyan Saga. Because the Rock the Dragon opening from the original Ocean dub did have Super Saiyan Vegeta, Trunks, and Goku at the end of it when they never came close to those episodes. I actually do remember that. Uh, I remember that too, yeah. Yeah, I was like, huh? Afraid about that. And yes, that was always confusing and left you going, when did this happen? <laughs> I hate when shows do that. Mm-hmm. If it does turn out that this movie leads to a new series or more movies, I am all for it as long as they focus on the right things to make it the best product they can. Expand on characters, making the bad guys seem like a real threat, and don't get lost trying to make everything bigger. 
I'd also love to see them do a real tournament with the Dragon Ball Z cast. It's the one thing that we never got in Dragon Ball Z to actually see the characters fighting each other in a full-on tournament. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there is a tournament in DBZ, but uh, he's kind of right. They don't, they don't fight each other like they used to in Dragon Ball. I do, uh, I do like the tournament kind of plot point. It's, uh, it's interesting, and especially as much as like, Goku and Vegeta love fighting, you think they'd be okay with at least like, venting that way. We'll get into that next next saga. Android 18 beating the crap of, out of Vegeta is one of my favorite fights. For one, <laughs> it is a nice change of setting for a fight. It is still an o- open area to battle, but that road and the random civilians driving by makes it feel like they are in the middle of a real world having this destructive battle. And I love 18's fighting style. It shows she is strong, but because she is a female, it replaces brute force with viciousness. And I won't lie, this is part, the part of the series where I really start to dislike Vegeta. So I enjoy seeing him get beat up properly more than I should. <laughs> no, don't worry. You, like, you There's should more to get... come. Oh, absolutely. I just find Vegeta's attitude for this saga extremely annoying. He is constantly going on, I'm the strongest being in the universe. I'll take on any challenge. Oh, you say this person is dangerous? I don't give a damn. I'll do whatever it takes to fight them and prove I'm the greatest thing ever. That's Jesse doing Daniel doing Vegeta's voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I make Vegeta sound like that, but hey. And then he gets beat up and <laughs> cries like a little bitch. <laughs> this is true. Why, why, no fair, no fair, you're stronger than me. And we'll see that tonight. Oh, yes. It's funny you guys came to a similar conclusion about Android 17 and 18's character that I did last time I watched the Trunk special. The two are really just out-of-control teenagers with immense superpower. They are not really evil as much as they are kids looking for fun, but because no one can stop or tell them, no, they have no rules or restrictions. It makes them an even more unique kind of adversary for the series. Ah, yes, the Krillin and 18 kiss. (laughs) Oh, God, it begins already. (laughs) This is the meat of the email here. I'll admit the romantic in me remembers this as one of my favorite Dragon Ball moments, but looking at it objectively, it is rather awkward and out of nowhere. It is also most notable for being the only on-screen kiss in all of Dragon Ball, which probably makes it seem even more out of place. Mm-hmm. The fact that Krillin keeps fantasizing about it did always seem a bit much, but it does add more personality to his character that a little kiss would have such an effect on him. It becomes a bit of a romantic subplot that never stops feeling strictly fo- slightly forced, but the fact that Toriyama would even try to add something like that to the story is a positive in my book. I think, it's, I think this. It's not the last time that there's a romance subplot uh, in the in Dragon Ball Z, but uh, it. We'll get into it. <laughs> I'll save the rest for later. There are a lot of these scenes in the story arc, like the one in the aircraft with the group together sitting around planning things out and giving out exposition. But they're always enjoyable. But they're always enjoyable because it comes off as a real conversation between characters, rather than just giving us facts. Mm-hmm. And I like the moments, like where Go- Gohan gets to subtly show off how smart he is. I did really like the moment also. I forgot how mysterious and creepy the series gets with the introduction of Cell. When you know what is going to happen, it does take some of the suspense away, but if you let yourself get wrapped up in the story and the mood, the abandoned time machine appearance and Cell and the Cell attack try to make it very effective. By the way, Cell coming back in the time machine before Trunks still does not explain how there were different androids or that they didn't have to kill Jiro either, or that Goku's heart virus didn't hit him until later. So there is still annoyingly no direct explanation for how this time travel event created this particularly particular alternate timeline. No, there's not. No. Yeah, it, it's just kind of brushed under the uh, brushed under the rug. 
I don't know if they started dealing with time travel and then just said, uh, okay, that, that's enough of that. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it's just like, like, just things are, I think we just gotta take on face value that things are different somehow. <laughs> that said, I have to admit the suggestion that the trunks that is there now may not be the same trunks that first appears to give Goku the medicine blew my mind. Time travel and alternate timelines just open so many fun possibilities. Agreed. Yeah, and I think uh, I think currently, I mean, aren't, aren't we still working under the impression that the androids that Trunks fought are still different than the ones that uh, we've met so far? Oh yeah, that's that's a fact. That like uh, the the ones in our current present are somehow stronger but nicer than his more evil and not as strong uh, ones from his future. Piccolo and Kami fusing was something I either did not know about or completely forgot happened when I first saw these episodes. And I think just the name Super Namek seems derivative more than the, than the transformation and power upgrade itself. But then what, what would you call it? I think the little touch that Piccolo's face looks slightly different right after the fusion, though I also cannot say exactly what it is that's different. I also I always thought it was made it made him look slightly younger, but again cannot say why. Whatever the case, it is a nice subtle touch that helps show that he's a new Piccolo we are dealing with now, and pretty much marks Piccolo's final transition from being one of the good to being one of the good guys. Yeah, I noted uh, the direction that it, that he looked artistically looked a little different after the transformation. I think he looks older or looks uh, I guess more square jawed. It would be odd that. You know, fusing with Kami would make him look younger, considering how old Kami is. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. I guess you could say it would revitalize him, maybe, but yeah. yeah. I, I thought he looked older. Yeah, I, I cannot put my finger on how he looks different, but he does, kind of. But still recognizably Piccolo. So here's a question. How long do you think Cell was in Gingertown eating everybody? <laughs> Trunks says that he had left his shell recently, but how recent is recent? Minutes, hours, maybe even a day? Just given the amount of time we've seen... We see it takes Cell to absorb somebody. I imagine he was really sneaky and careful at first, probably taking a person at a time, one house at a time, until he was strong and bold enough to start attacking whole groups. And by that time, the town knew something was wrong. It was too by the time by the time the town knew something was wrong, it was too late. When you think about it, Toriyama must have a little bit of horror writer in him, given this saga. Yeah, this is pretty some pretty dark stuff. Uh, I can agree with that. Yeah, and, uh, it definitely does have a. A feel of like a, a horror, you know, you have this creature lurking around absorbing people. Yeah, and, it's uh, really I, th- terrifying. I think it's, I kind of assumed it would have been a day or so. Well, I, um, I was trying to keep track of how much time is passing. I know that like between the time that Piccolo first fought Cell to the time that Piccolo fights Android 17, three days pass. I, I'm pretty sure they mentioned that. I think from the time Piccolo fights 17 to where we are now is like all in the same day. I think because, you know, again, you know. Vegeta and Trunks were in the uh, time chamber at least one day, so you know, uh, at least twenty-four hours had to have passed. It's, it's and they it's say not, it was longer, like a little longer, so probably maybe a day and a half. Yeah, Vegeta was hogging it, so yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit tough, but like you, I'm, I think you can kind of figure it out if you kind of sit down and kind of pay attention to how much time passes. I like Cell's first form we see him in here, but his voice in the dub ruins it for me. I never had any problem with the fact his mouth opens. But you have a point, maybe it had been kept shut as he talked, it would have been better. And lastly, I like the fight with Piccolo and Cell in the city, though it's another one of those that seemed rather brief. Rather brief. Again, the setting is a nice change of pace being in the city, even if it is abandoned, so that maximum destruction can occur. And it is fun to see both opponents not just trying to outfight each other, but also out-strategize each other as the fight goes on. 
Uh, I I like Cell's first form and first voice particularly a lot better than his second one. Yeah, um, I can see how somebody wouldn't like his first form's voice because it's you know kind of buggy like that. But um, I think the way the voice actor plays him, I think I don't, don't quote me on this. I probably I'll probably check it later. But I think that his his name's D'Artagnan Nickelback. I know that's the voice of the a perfect Cell. But I, I, whatever, whatever the voice actor's name is, I think he does a good job for the voice he's working. So um, I wouldn't disagree, but like I, I enjoy it personally. Yeah. Did Did he voice all forms of so? I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent positive on that. Uh, Second voice definitely seems out of the, the out of place one. Yeah. Uh, and it just seems like yeah, the, he given less direction or a different direction almost. He I know that like uh, in the the Japanese wait, 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 Did you say done. his name was D'Artagnan Nickelback? That's somebody's <laughs> voice. <laughs> That's a real name? Like, first name, a three musketeer, last name, Nickelback? Uh, is that his? I'm pretty sure. I know that's some, that somebody voices that character. Um, let me check on that real quick. Oh, that's, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's a pseudonym for his actual name. He, that is his name that he goes by, but his real name is Damien Clark. Damien Clark? Yeah, Damien Clark. In fact, he... He voices. That's pretty damn epic it, on its own. I'm checking. I'm, I'm checking it right now. Um, he voices the first and third form of Cell, and um, uh, where the Japanese ver- the Japanese voice voices all three versions, but he voices the first. He does the first form and the perfect and the third form perfect Cell, and as you know, yeah, Damien Damien Clark is his real name, but his uh, pseudonym is uh, D'Artagnan Nickelback for some reason. Maybe he likes crappy. 90s bands. I don't <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Daniel finishes up. All in all, these are some more good episodes that progress the plot along and push things on to the next chapter of the Android Saga. Uh, I'd, I'd say we're in the Cell Saga now, right? Yeah, we're yeah. in the Cell Saga, definitely. Now things will also start to come together and lead through to the end of the story arc. And as for the next dimension, this was another fun episode of reviews from you guys. It is clear you're enjoying the saga a lot, and it is a pleasure to listen to you talk about it. As always, keep up the good work, and I'll try to make sure you have at least one email for next time. Still friend of the show, Daniel Yarbrough. We're going to hold you to that one email. Yeah, you okay. say that. You say that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, thank you, Daniel. Uh, next emailer is from uh, someone named Jordan. I should say Jordan. <laughs> someone named Jordan. Sounds kind of rude. Uh, Jordan writes, hey, guys. Jordan here again. I want to start this email slash Zmail by answering questions that you asked in the last episode. I can feel free to answer for you. Number one, three timelines. There are there are not separate. There are not three separate timelines. There are two. The one we have been watching and the one from future, the future trunks came down from. The timeline that Cell actually came from was the one from future trunks just came farther ahead down the time down in the future. That's not actually true, but uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later in, in a future episode. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought we had like a, a divergent timeline going on. Yeah, I, I, can, I can say with 100% positivity, positivity and certainty that uh, this cell that we're fighting does not come from cells, does not come from Trunks' timeline. Uh, and, and you'll see that, we'll see that by the end of the series. Oh, cool, okay. Okay. Or, B, there are three, there are three timelines. The one that Future Trunks came from, the one that we watch, and the timeline from where Future Trunks came from, where the Z Fighters beat the androids but did not know about Cell. Uh, possibly. <laughs> um, number two. Why would Trunks come back four years ahead of the androids compared to three like he did the first time when he talked to Goku? Possibly to kill the androids, not knowing where the lab was, knowing where the lab is with the idea that he could change the future by taking out the androids without changing any of the other parts of the future. That's uh, uh, possible, actually, if he found out the, where the lab was. That makes sense. 
Um, number three. How did Cell know about the Super Saiyans when he was talking to Piccolo? A. Trunks went Super Saiyan when versus Cell when Cell killed him in the future, which makes sense. Or B. Cell since Cell took longer to make the uh, to make than the androids, the computer may have had time to learn about them when Trunks beat Frieza, or when Goku beat Frieza on Earth, depending on the timeline. And that would make sense too, because uh, in that original like future timeline, Goku did beat Frieza, like you know on Earth. So it's possible that he would have known about them then. Yeah, I assumed since that he got data from King Cold and Frieza that he was able to get data off of Trunks being Super Saiyan. Right. So Goku originally beats Frieza on Earth. Well, yeah, like uh, the tr- the timeline that Trunks comes from, Goku beat Frieza because he says, you know, like you know, I didn't I I didn't want to change the future, but you were you were you were running late, so I killed Frieza. So hmm. that's how that's how history was originally supposed to play out. But he killed him anyway, so something screwed up. See, that's the episode I want to see. <laughs> well, you know, you might get your wish. You might get your wish, uh, as I'll explain a little bit later on in this episode. Dum dum dum. Uh, number four. How much power could a normal person really raise cells power? If you were, to, I guess I think he's talking about like you know cell absorbing normal people by his ta- by his tail. If you want to go by the average person's power level being five, like the farmer that Raditz killed in episode one, then that times how ma- however many people he absorbed would be about how how much. So let's say he killed about ten thousand people times five. Yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> if we're still using power levels, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he killed a whole town. Maybe he had a few people in there sprinkled around who were like 10 and 20 power level. Well, yeah, maybe he had some bodybuilders around there. (laughs) (laughs) Hope that helped. Well, the Battle of Gods movie is out and doing very well, I might add. Rumors of a new series, new episodes, and maybe more movies are all over the internet. True or false, I love the idea that more Dragon Ball Z stuff could be coming out. And it got me just thinking about something that had been on my mind for a while now. There are definitely openings in some of the backstories that they could use. And now that we are far into the series, I can finally say that some of them without giving away any spoilers. Um, my first idea was that another Bardock movie could be made that comes after the episode of Bardock. In the series, Vegeta talks about how the legend of the Super Saiyan he'd been told his whole life. The original Super Saiyan kills himself, well, in the Great Ape form, I always thought. That story could make an interesting movie, especially after seeing the episode of Bardock came out. I do think that like the uh, the line where Vegeta says the the Super Saiyan originally killed himself was a dub line from Ocean Dub, so I wouldn't take that for granted. Um, I also thought about a, ser- a short series or movie about Vegeta's life before he came to Earth and after Vegeta's life would be- and after Ve- uh, Planet Vegeta was destroyed. Um, that would be interesting, <laughs> I suppose. Um, That'd be very hard because he would still firmly be the antagonist at that point, or he he would be. Well, I guess he he wouldn't be an antihero. He would just be a villain. Yeah, he'll be, like, be like he was on that, which is killing everybody. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean that'll be an interesting story, but I'm not sure if it'll, it'll be a, a series. It'll be like a one-shot chapter of an anime. Uh, leave, leave that to Dragon Ball C- SD. Uh, some ideas I thought they could do as well. And lastly, I want to share a list of things I thought would be awesome or funny to see that they never showed in the series. Number one, Goku versus Frieza and King Cold on Earth in Trunks' timeline. Uh, we agree. <laughs> that'll be. I mean, I'll, I'll to see Goku fight King Cold. That'd be kind of cool. Hey, we're on the same level here. Mm-hmm. Number <laughs> number two, Vegeta's reaction to Bulma telling him she's pregnant, which would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, I, yeah, that would, that would be amazing. If he if he even cares. Uh, number number three, more. Of course Vegeta- you are. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I lied when I said I use a condom. <laughs> um, number three, more of Vegeta taking out Frieza's empire, as he did in Garlic Junior Saga, looking for Goku. Which we'll we'll see some of that when we hit the Garlic Junior Saga later on down the line. Uh, 
number four. More of the sparring and training between Goku and King Kai, besides just Goku getting blasted in the air uh, and race around on a, on a small little planet. That might be fun. Uh, as always, guys, love the show and keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Jordan. And uh, our last email is from who, Jesse? Uh, actually, I'll, tell, I'll just tell it right now. It's from Riley Smith. I hate suspense. So uh, <laughs> what does Riley say? He says, hey, guys, love the podcast. My cousins got me interested in DBZ when I was younger and used to get the toys, video games, trading cards, and I bought the VHS tapes whenever I could find them. Uh, you, sir, are awesome just for having bought VHS. That being said, my interest in DBZ has declined in the past few years, and I still haven't been interested. When the new game started coming out, my reaction was just, meh. This kind of made me sad, because I thought my worst nightmares had come true. I thought I was growing up. Horror movie scream. (sighs) Those are terrible screams, but I I don't do horror. Well, you know, it's a horror movie, so it wouldn't be very good. (sighs) Well, that has all changed when I was sent to the next dimension. See what I did there? I love it. Listening to your podcast brought my interest back, and now I'm rereading the manga and waiting anxiously for the Battle of Gods movie to be released in the U.S. So thanks, guys, for helping, me, helping a recovered DBZ fan relapse. It really means a lot. Now, enough with my sappiness. On to the questions. Feel free to skip any questions to avoid spoilers. First, do you guys think that Cell, being made up of the collective cells of the strongest fighters on Earth, is as strong as all said fighters combined? Well, it's never actually stated. I always figured that since he was just made up of the certain cells of the fighters. He only had a fraction of each of their respective power levels in all mixed together. Uh, yeah, I don't think he is like a sum of all of the fighters. I think no. he's just kind of a an amalgam of all of their like abilities. Or, like, I don't think he's able to, you know, do a Kamehameha and channel everyone else's abilities at the same time. He's... He's basically like using a part of him that represents Goku at that point. Yeah, and also he he got their DNA at different points in their life when they were a lot weaker than they are currently. So if he did, it would be it's kind of hard because you're, you're, it's not so much comparing different fighters; it's so much as comparing different powers. And uh, nobody uses scatters anymore, so it'd be kind of hard to out of us. I mean, it's possible because they're really strong fighters, but um, I think like it's always you know the DNA based off the potential, I suppose, and extrapolated through absorption and. Um, the powers combined. I mean, this is an interesting question. I've actually not thought about it, or if I, if I did, I forgot about it. But um, uh, I'm not sure. I'm, for some reason, I want to say I don't think so, but there's no reason to think that it is, that's not that's not the case. I think uh, you made a good point saying that uh, they have trained more. It's like he may have the raw potential and ability, but he doesn't have necessarily the training that they do, mm-hmm, or exactly. especially you know the, taking their power levels to the, what they're at now, as opposed to when the DNA was harvested. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he can't turn into Super Saiyan or anything like that because he was he never experienced that. Second, have you guys heard of Nico Majin? If so, what is your opinion on it based on what we have, given that it's only released in Japan? Do you guys think that, while comical, the scenes of the DBZ characters are canon? They're not necessarily source material, but they are the characters written and drawn by the original author. <laughs> uh, I think I vaguely know what you're, you're referring to. I know, Don, you're probably more familiar with it, correct? Well, I mean, familiar with that. I don't know of it. I don't believe it's ever been released in America. But Neko Majin is a uh, parody comic that Akira Trauma did uh, in his post-Dragon Ball Z career. Um, it's basically like, like uh, Neko is Japanese for cat, would you believe? And um, Majin is you know, like one of the demon uh, 
uh, names from uh, the Buddha Saga. And it's basically like, I'm not, I think it's only like three or four chapters, but it's about, it's basically, you know, a cat running around fighting like Dragon Ball Z. It's basically Akira Tama poking fun of himself. And um, like he turns like Super Saiyan for no reason, even though he's a cat. And uh, at one point, I think, I'm, I know that Vegeta, Goku, and Frieza all have like cameos. And it's, and it's like, like 100% non-canon because it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it's totally like, it's totally taking the piss out of it. Like, it's it's about as cartoony as you can possibly imagine. Like they just show up out of nowhere. Like, like it's like Vegeta from like the Namek Saga, and Goku like you know from whenever timeline. So it's I mean I would I would really I think if you would try to put this in continuity, your brain would just hurt and you would set yourself up for failure. But it's just something to be kind of laugh at. You probably you, I know you find it online. Go to any sort of like manga reader site or any site and just look it up. I'm I'm, I'm positive because that's that's where I saw it. I saw it like a few years ago. You know I think he brings up a good point. He said I saw that canon. Uh... I can see them not obviously not being canon, but if it's like a satirical look at DBZ from the original author, I'm gonna you know look at that as opposed to some other stuff. It's gonna hold more credence. Oh yeah, because you know most good authors at least can poke fun at themselves. Yeah, so yeah, it's like de- I'm I'm definitely be interested in seeing that as opposed to you know someone else making fun of it. So, okay, uh, let me see what you know Toriyama's own commentary on what he's done before. Yeah, Toriyama's. I don't know we talked about this a while ago, probably over a year ago, but Toriyama's post Dragon Ball Z work. By and large, I mean, he did, he did, he did Chrono Trigger. He designed those characters. In fact, I know, and also he's uh, the Dragon Quest games. He does designs for, but he's mainly comedy. Um, he was, was he was comedy before Dragon Ball too, correct? Yeah, exactly. With um, with uh, Doctor Slump, that was a comedy manga, which he did for a few years. Um, and I mean, there was a show that uh, that was actually I, I remember seeing premiere on Toonami, which obviously was the English dub. That was based off one of his mangas called Blue Dragon. I think it was called Blue Dragon, uh, which was you know it was more of a kids show. You know, it was like a, a little boy having adventures, and it was a lot less violent. You know, it was it was kind of like you know. You say Dra- Blue Dragon? I think I don't I don't. It's a, it's a Blue Dragon esque. I'm, I'm sure if you just Google. It wasn't Blue a purple dragon. dragon? Well, no, just, I didn't get that far in the series, so only time would tell. But um, Toriyama's like later stuff is very very uh, kid friendly, especially considering like like the foul humor he has in the early. Like early Dragon Ball, so um, which is why I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how Battle of Gods plays out with his sense of humor because he seems like he's really really mellowed. Like right now, the stuff that he's going on here is like dead serious, and then like there, we get later on to the Boo Saga where he clearly doesn't care. <laughs> so um, it'll be interesting to see uh, him appropriate his sensibilities towards Battle of Gods. But uh, yeah, um, Nikomajin, you know, is, is, is that sort of him in his post ability where he was totally just like you know riffing on everything. <laughs> Uh, and he wrote, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't do ongoing series anymore. He just writes like he's kind of one shot or mini series. So, I imagine he has enough clout that he doesn't have to write if he doesn't want to. Oh, I mean, if you have a museum named after your own work, <laughs> absolutely. He has yeah. his own museum. Yeah, he has. Uh, he uh, there's a Dragon Ball museum I saw on Kazenshu. I think it's called Dragon Ball World or something like that. It's not, it's not. I imagine it's not like you know, like the American Science Museum, but like it's it's like sort of like a place to go and look up look up Dragon Ball stuff. Japan is awesome. So they need Neil deGrasse Tyson hosting it. <laughs> that would be even awesome. Um, in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Sama. Um, but yeah. So that's, that's uh, his, uh, to go back to what stuff. you were saying, you, did you say that? Uh, I completely lost a thought. Nothing in mind. He, oh, yeah. Did he, so does he have a, like a creative input on Battle of Gods? Well, he, he helped with the story. I, I know that like he came up with a story with him and like one or two other writers, but like the story is basically coming from him. And I can't, I mean, he's had, he's had quotes to make sure, it, you know, he's not dumb. 
dealt with the characters in a long time, but he made sure that, like, it stayed true to the characters and what he felt for the series. And I remember specifically saying that, like, the original draft for the, for the, for the movie was a lot darker, and he kind of lightened it up, because that's sort of, like, how he, how his tastes are. Um, which, I mean, I mean, Dragon Ball Z has so much humor in it, you know, when it wants to, that, um, that, that doesn't feel alien. It just depends on how they kind of play it out. Um, yeah, uh, so, so essentially he kind of has final say on, you know, what goes. Right. I'm, 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 I am even more interested. I know one of our, one of our listeners, David Walker, actually saw Battle of Gods, because I think he's randomly in Japan right now. <laughs> he told me on Facebook. So, Lucky uh, bastard. He'll have to write in and say how, how he liked it, but, um, I... A spoiler-free write-in, please. Uh, yeah, for real, no doubt. Lastly, a question that's been bugging me for a while. Why start with DBZ and not Dragon Ball? I know that it's not that I'm extreme OCD or anything, because DBZ is where I started. However, there are elements of Dragon Ball that I enjoy more than DBZ. And after you finish your coverage of DBZ, will you guys, will you guys go back to Dragon Ball and give the whole series a shot? Whether you do or not, I'll listen either way. Well, guys, that's all I've got. Keep up the good work and keep the podcast coming. And until Krillin becomes awesome, make mine next dimension. <laughs> Thanks, Riley S. P.S. Just to give you disturbing nightmares, think about what Frieza's mother looked like. <laughs> until Krillin becomes awesome, so that's the moment he'll stop. <laughs> uh, uh, Frieza's mother probably looked a lot like Frieza. I know, like you know, like feminine. You, you mean unless unless it was even actually more masculine than Frieza <laughs> or King Cold or cooler. Who here just thought of Frieza with boobs? Really? I'm the only one. Yes. He must never know. So that'll be horrifying. So um, let's see. To to yeah, get to his point, uh, Donovan. You can you can kind of sum that up because I mean the podcast was your baby, your brainchild. So hit it up. Ugh, put it on the spot. Um. Basically, I mean, for, 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 honestly, I mean, I, saw, I started with Dragon Ball Z too, but honestly, uh, I think Dragon Ball Z is a bit easier to get into. Uh, I mean, I've seen all of Dragon Ball. In fact, I have a lot of the manga, and um, I enjoy it. Um, but I think Dragon Ball is really interesting in that it starts off completely different. I mean, there's Goku and Bulma and stuff in Dragon Balls, but if you're if you're looking to Dragon Ball, expecting anything like Dragon Ball Z for like the first half of it, you're not gonna get it because it's very much a uh, like a parody, I don't say a parody, but like you know, a comedy, sh- comedy uh, uh, manga and show. Um, it's still good. It's very good, but um, because the characters are you know at a certain power level, they have to learn some things. I think it would be interesting. I think it's interesting to go back to watch Dragon Ball after you see Dragon Ball Z. I'm not suggesting that no one go out to watch Dragon Ball if they've never seen Dragon Ball Z before. But I think that Dragon Ball Z. I remember it was really difficult to kind of set up the first episode to kind of get all the exposition out of the way. But Dragon Ball. I think, I think in terms of for an American audience specifically, not that you know only Americans listen to us clearly, because that's I know that's not the case. Um, but I think uh, Dragon Ball has a lot of as a as a really special sort of appeal after one has the context of Dragon Ball Z, because it's really fun seeing the characters come up. It really, really is, especially in the second half when they actually do get more serious. Um, and the Piccolo the Piccolo stuff in the tournaments are are nothing but awesome. Um, would we ever go back to? Uh, Dragon Ball. I mean, I mean, it depends on how Jesse would feel, but um, I, you know, I would have to think about that. I, w- I would not be averse to it. In fact, I actually, from my uh, comic shop, got a huge slew of like Dragon Ball chapters in the, in the uh, magazine format, which I might, uh, you know, see if Jason get a hold of those. But um, it depends on you know where we are uh, two years from now after we've done all the rest of this stuff because, uh, or it also would depend on you know what the listeners want to hear. Um, but what would what would you think, Jesse? Would you be uh, adverse to doing that or not? Hell no. 
no, uh, that actually wasn't my line uh, prior. Because, um, I mean, essentially, we you, you mentioned last time we are halfway, or you mentioned before we're almost halfway done with the series. It's like, wow. Wow, okay. That seems like time's flying. Okay. And uh, I know I definitely am more interested in Dragon Ball now mm-hmm. than I was prior. Because I knew it existed before. And from what little I've seen of DBZ, I I knew that the series came before that. But I uh, I almost think it's a it'd be a better series to watch as you know almost as a prequel you know than as originally intended because I think DBZ holds its own as its own entity like it's it is a different genre of of storytelling than you know the the series that came before and it has ties but it isn't necessarily like derivative of of what came before you don't have to or you don't have to you don't have to see it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's fun. I mean, it's really fun watching the characters kind of develop, and um, uh, I I think that like it's very it's a lot more, for lack of a better phrase, serious lack of a better phrase, Japanese in the beginning, uh, if you kind of go into it cold. But again, with Dragon Ball Z as a context, I think it works well for American audience. But um, yeah, I mean, your mileage may vary, and we'll we'll see where we are later on. That is all the emails uh, we have over this episode or his emails. Uh, we're counting on you guys to give us more next month. Uh, but until then. We shall break for a brief commercial break, and we'll be right back to continue the Cell Saga. Hey, Kiss Comics! Hey, Michael! Yeah? We need to do a new promo. A new one? A new one! Why? Because we've moved. Moved? Moved! We've moved to a new place. We still read comics. We do, we still talk about comics. Because you can't do a comic book podcast unless you read and talk about comics, because that's kind of stupid. But now, we have a new episode, still available every Thursday, but at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Hey Kids Comics! So remember, Hey Kids Comics has moved to twotruefreaks.lipson.com. Still, every Thursday. That'll do, won't it? Yeah. Okay, go! <laughs> Alright, then I'll do it. I'm in range. This is it. <laughs> Wait a sec. I better think this over a bit first. This thing is going to immobilize her, but I have to do the rest. If I don't destroy her, she can be absorbed by Cell. And she wouldn't even be able to defend herself. I can't let that happen. I'm going to have to charge over there and blast her when I push the button. The big guy's not gonna like it, but he looks like he's pretty banged up. (laughs) Why can't I stop thinking about that kiss? Come on, Krillin, snap out of it! She's an android, for goodness sake! She's not even a real person! On the other hand, she's standing right over there. Doesn't that make her real? And she looks scared. She has to be real! She's so beautiful! Uh, uh, there I go again! What's wrong with me? I can't stop thinking about her! Could I be in love with an android? <laughs> no! That's impossible! Isn't it? Can a man fall in love with an android? Uh, it doesn't matter anyway! Everyone's counting on you! You have to push the button, Krillin! I can't! You have to! I can't! You have to! I can't! Yeah! And we are back. So, last time on Dragon Ball Z, 
Um, cell had reached his second form. Now he's he's now semi perfect cell. If you want to go by Fanon, uh, absorbing Android seventeen, and before he uh, ensnared Android eighteen, Ten Shinhan kind of perfect cell. Kind of perfect. Well, you know, no nose cell. I hesitate to say anything uh, positive towards this version of cell, <laughs> and I won't later on. But uh, Tension Hot Tien comes out of nowhere and uh, unleashes his newest attack, the Shin Kikoho, or if you're playing the PlayStation games, the Neo Tribeam. Um, as this, you know, this is a, a, a variation on his attack, which usually kills him. So it's still killing him, and um, he's firing on Cell and actually manages to hold Cell off for a little while, long enough for even Android 18 to decide to go because God does she not want to move anywhere. So um, she and 16 escape. And um, while Tien's just blasting away, Gohan and Goku are worried back at the lookout that Tien's going to drop dead any moment. Uh, it's at this point that we actually see Chiaotzu for the first time <laughs> since, like, I think Trunks arrived. Uh, he and Namcha are wondering, you know, if they can do anything to help, but uh, Master she says, of course you can't. So, um, yeah, this is the only time that uh, they appear in these episodes, isn't it? In these episodes, yeah. I mean, we obviously seen Yamcha before a lot, but I'm not seeing, I don't think we've seen Chiaotzu since, like, yeah. three, three years ago in, in the series past. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of creeping like he pokes his head out like the side of the house, and he's just like, "Oh, that was Tien." I was like, "Whoa, yeah, I forgot about you, <laughs> you weird little marshmallow-looking man." You. How could you forget about everyone's favorite Chatsu? <laughs> uh, well, actually, I like that scene because it shows that you know Tien's in such mortal danger. Even his little buddy worries about him. So uh, Tien's blasting away, you know, bossing it up. But he he eventually does. I mean, he holds off a great deal, even though he's not hurting him. But he does kind of, you know run out of energy, you know, run out of life force, essentially, and collapse all the way to the ground, so he, he starts to die. Um, Cell looks up, sees that Android 16 and 18 are gone, says, crap, they got away! Ugh, hold off. And by Chin, of all the people! So, uh, he puts his hand out. He looks like he's going to do the big bang attack, but we'll never know. Um, says, you know, I'd, I'd rather, he'll probably, he'll probably pass away on his own, but I want to finish him. At this point, Goku can't take it anymore and decides to save Tien. He didn't do that for Piccolo, but he wants to save it for Tien because Tien's his buddy. So uh, he teleports. He does an instant transmission right in front of Tien before Cell can do anything. And um, they have a standoff. Cell's surprised to see Goku because, you know, he appeared out of nowhere. Goku says, so you're Cell. I can't do anything to you right now, but give me one day, and I promise I'll take you down. So uh, before Cell can do anything... uh, Goku says to Tien, come on, and they, they teleport away. He also senses that Piccolo is still alive. Piccolo actually, like, washed up to shore. <laughs> like, oh, so much fish, still. And um, so he's, he's actually managing to hang on, and uh, Goku takes him, and they teleport, the, the three of them teleport back to the lookout. So, uh, Cell's annoyed that he couldn't fight Goku, or he couldn't finish off Tien, but uh, there's no, there's no, you know, no matter, because he's now free to find Android 18 and complete his transformations. Um, at this point, we see that Krillin has met up with Bulma. She gives him the uh, the um, she gives him the remote control, saying you have to be within 30 feet, you know, to use it, or 10 meters if you're using by the manga manga format. So Krillin has hesitation because I will, as we'll get into it later, he doesn't exactly want to murder these people. But uh, she says, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm heading to the lookout to give uh, Vegeta and the rest some more armor. So uh, that's where we go to. Piccolo, Goku, and Tien are all, you know, groaning and saying, "Brr." So he's too strong. We can't beat him. It's all totally hopeless. But uh, Mr. Popo arrives and says that Vegeta and Trunks are finally leaving the time chamber. So uh, we first see Trunks, who looks different a bit. Um, his hair is longer. Actually, is actually in a bit of a ponytail. <laughs> shaggy, as Boma calls it. Uh, his shaggy, st- stringy, straight hair. 
looking even more like a, like a teenager from the '90s. Um, and uh, Vegeta, Vegeta looks completely the same. And uh, they both, they both, uh, you know, enter the room outside from the time chamber. Uh, Trunks begins to explain that Vegeta managed to break through the Super Saiyan barrier within the first two months, but Vegeta tells him to shut because he said far too much already. Goku gives him, you know, the explanations that Cell is halfway through his, uh, to his perfect form, and Vegeta says, "There's no need for you and Gohan to get into the time chamber. I'll take down, I'll take down Cell myself." Bulma arrives to give him all some uh, Saiyan-ish armor, you know, all basically cosplaying as Vegeta. <laughs> Gohan's excited because this is just like when he was on Namek, as though, as though that was that was a fun time for him to be. Yeah, uh, that's a good memory to have. I know for all the shit he saw. Um, and uh, Goku thinks it's fun. Uh, Bulma offers it to Piccolo and Tien, but they're disgusted by the thought of dressing up like Vegeta, and they should be. Uh, Vegeta says, "You know, you really shouldn't waste your time training. I wanted to defeat Cell." Goku says, "Well, I guess that's a good thing for us then, isn't it?" So Vegeta actually gives him a bit of a look, a bit of a smile. And um, declines Goku's offer to be transported there and flies off. Uh, Trunks t- takes off after him, you know, taking two Senzu beans. And promises, you know, if, they, if things get too heavy, they'll bail out. So Vegeta and his sidekick Trunks are on the job, flying towards Cell. Cell is flying towards a bunch of, like, a- a- um, I'll say aliens, islands, uh, wondering where Android 18 is because androids don't have, you know, power levels, so he can't sense her. At one point, he just gets up, gets up in the air and just screams, 18, show yourself. I'll blow these islands away one by one. Come out wherever you are. And his big flapping mouth. He's, he's so loud that people are literally holding their ears saying, who is that nutball? Um, so uh, 16 and 18 are on one of the islands. It's actually a bit of a deserted island compared to the cities uh, next to them. Uh, 16 tells her to, to not move because... Even if he, he won't destroy her, and even if he does attack the islands, he won't put enough power to kill her. So, Vegeta, he listens to this and starts flying towards them. Uh, Cell decides to lose a bit of his patience and actually destroys one of the islands, killing every single person on that island. So the horror has to begin again. Uh, he starts blowing up one island after another, and actually is about to position to attack the island that 16 and 18 are on. When all of a sudden, Vegeta shows up out of nowhere, uh, already Super Saiyan. So he says, your cell. You, Vegeta, what are you doing here? Vegeta says to land towards a nearby island, which is the island that 18, 18 and 16 are on. But they don't they don't notice the eye of the androids, which is actually kind of hilarious in hindsight. Hmm. So uh, Vegeta says, you know, land down here. And as they land, Vegeta says, okay, now it's time for you to die. We go through the usual DBZ diatribe of, you know, Cell saying, you can't beat me. And Vegeta saying, oh, yes, I can. I, you know, uh, and Cell says, "What are you and Trunks going to attack team on me together?" And Vegeta says, "No. If he interferes, I'll be very upset. I'm going to take you down myself." So, um, he says, "Watch closely, Cell." 18's wondering why Vegeta thinks he can beat Cell when he couldn't even beat her, but as she sees, Vegeta starts to power up and has this huge fiery aura all around him. So he begins to just, you know, charge up, and um. His power level keeps on going up and up and up. And back at the lookout, Piccolo is saying that, you know, his power knows no bounds. So, uh, as Goku and Gohan enter the time chamber, Goku tells the plan that, you know, they're going to get stronger, stronger than anybody has ever seen before. But first, they need to get Gohan to become a Super Saiyan. And by the time they're through, Gohan will be stronger than Goku. The hell you say? Back at the fight, Vegeta is still powering up. And in fact, a big blinding sheen of light barks. And when the dust is cleared, Vegeta, <laughs> Vegeta looks... Exactly the same, although there are alterations. He's a much beefier, a, a lot bigger, you know, from his usual shrimpy self. And his fiery, uh, spiky Saiyan hair is even spikier. So, uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, More spikes. 
He's spikier and, and bulkier, so that's his uh, new Super Saiyan form. He definitely looks tougher, and he demonstrates this by punching Cell in the gut, actually sinking his fist into Cell. Cell is so taken aback, he actually doesn't have time to react. So, um, he postures for a bit, and Vegeta just kind of punches him around. Cell says, well, you don't seem to be so weak after all, but, uh, you know, you're still not as strong as me. Uh, we all know that's false, because Vegeta proceeds to beat him up a bit, and just punch him and kick him and punch him and kick him and punch him and kick him. As all this is going on, Krillin is flying towards the battle, um, recognizing that Vegeta's powered up and says, you know, he must have gotten stronger in a single day, just like Goku said. But I don't sense Goku or Gohan. At one point, Cell has had enough of Vegeta's, you know, attacks, and positions himself to, a, to do a very familiar move. He actually does the Gallic Gun, which we've not seen since the Saiyan Saga, <laughs> which is kind of cool. But uh, it does nothing towards Vegeta, and um, he says, you know, is that, is that all you got? If that's all you got, you're, you're really screwed. You're not even going to be able to, to move me. Now look over to that guy. His name is Trunks, and he's my son. He's not as strong as I am, of course, but he is strong enough to kill you. Don't you understand? You you never had a chance to, be, to win in the first place, because I, I am Super Vegeta, <laughs> pointing to himself with his thumb. That name again. I know. <laughs> he's so uh, he's so egotistical. So. Uh, uh, by this point, Krillin has managed to reach the battlefield, although he's hovering over everybody. No one notices him. He manages to see that um, the androids are still there and no one else has found them. So he decides, okay, Cell is different. So he hasn't absorbed Android 18. He's only absorbed Android 17. So she's the only one left. I must shut her down while I still can. Gulp! So uh, he floats down there. But she just manages to you know, beat up Cell even more. And it's at this point where Cell starts to whine. And says, No! If only I was able to absorb Android 8 to become perfect, but no! I would have become the most powerful being in all the, in all the universe! Um, so, this actually arches up Vegeta's eyebrows, because at that point he was saying, you, you, you disgust me, I really don't even feel like killing you. It says, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Work this out for me. If you absorb that, that other Android and become perfect, you'll become a challenge? Is that what you're saying? And um, Cell sees his way out and says, Yes, of course, you're a saying, aren't you? You would love the challenge. You would love to test your new might, wouldn't you? Especially you of all, the prince of all Saiyans. Um, so he actually starts to turn Vegeta's head a bit. Vegeta still kicks him around. But after a while, uh, he says, Hmm, this, this offer intrigues me. And um, Chunks, is, uh, you know, Chunks is off to the side saying, No, 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 no. Um, so by this point, at this point, Krillin has set his sights on 16 and 18 and says, okay, the big guy's down. He looks injured. He, he doesn't, I don't think he can move. So if I press his button and immobilize 18, I can blast her, and that'll be the end of everything. I'll save the world. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> as, this, as this happens, um, he starts to get flashbacks and hallucinations of uh, his time with 18 and all the memories that the two of them have shared, all of one. Because <laughs> over and over again, he can't get the thought of her kissing him. And um, just, you know, her looking at him and her her beautiful and eventually creepy face because he keeps on getting zoomed into the camera over and over out of his head. So he says, why can't it's I... It's so horrible. It's so awesome. <laughs> he starts to say, why can't I get that, that kiss out of my head? What's wrong with me? Could I? Could I? Could I be in love with an android? Uh, what was the name of your, of your upcoming book again, Jesse? Was it... Yeah. <laughs> Do Krillin's dream of androids? Do Krillin's dream of androids? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it seems that someone really he does. Someone owes you some royalties because that's what's going on right now. <laughs>
So Krillin says, you know, I must, I can't, I must, I can't! And like, he actually starts like losing his mind <laughs> because images of Android 18 are, you know, just plaguing his bald little head. And then eventually he makes a decision, grits his teeth, sighs, and drops the remote control onto the ground. Uh, the clicking of the remote control signals 18 to look over, and she sees Krillin! She says, hey, it's you, what are you doing here? And then she freaks out because she sees the, the switch on the ground, and she says, how did he get a hold of that? Why does he have it? So she knows that she's screwed. But Krillin that looks really, really pissed off, saying, oh, I'm sorry, Boma. I know you worked really hard on this. <laughs> because of a kiss on the cheek. So, uh, uh, so that happens. Uh, uh, Krillin says, "Okay." Eighteen uh, says, "Why did you do that? You could, you could have saved the world. You could have, you know, made sure that Cell would never reach perfect form. But you saved me. Why?" Krillin's a bit embarrassed. Says, uh, "There's no time to explain." So, um, so uh, at this point, Vegeta says, "Okay, I'll fall into your little trap, Cell." I'll allow you to absorb that android and become your perfect form. Uh, Trunks is just face palming. <laughs> and um, uh, Cell says, okay, we have a deal. So he flies off to find Android 18 once again. But Trunks, having already turned into a Super Saiyan, says, hell no. Do you really think I'm going to let you do that Do that here? Destroy the world again by absorbing and becoming perfect? Not a chance. Uh, Cell says, hey, Vegeta, I thought we were doing some business over here. <laughs> you know, um, get your brat out of the way. And as he turns around to look at Vegeta, he actually sees Android 18. So he says, oh, I found her. I found her at last. And um, Chunk says, oh, what, 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 what he's looking at. And he actually sees uh, Krillin 16 and 18. And he says, crap, he's found them. Krillin, run away. Cell's found you. And um, that's where we're going to leave off because there's a big separation of, of uh, occurrences between now and up, coming up next. So uh, uh, what were you thinking about these episodes, uh, Jesse? I'm actually very interested to see uh, what were you thinking about the uh, characters' decisions and um, uh, the consequences. Well, I, I'm not a fan of this second level of Saiyan form. Like, okay. the, of, of the visual look of it. Okay. Uh, just yeah, just not really a fan of it. I mean, it's just yeah, it, you you said it. It's more spikes, and just on on Vegeta's uh, on his form, it just it looks weird. I guess it does make him you know you make him like beefier, but it just he doesn't look like the same character, or it doesn't look like it would sit, it, sit, it fits Vegeta well. And I guess Trunks is uh, is only just a Super Saiyan, but his longer hair, I don't like it either. It just looks. It looks weird. It just looks like little praying mantis hands on his forehead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now, like like his uh, ponytail Super Saiyan form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ponytail '90s Super Saiyan form. <laughs> yeah, um, 
I, I remember I used to like this form because I thought that like it was actually kind of a surprise to see Vegeta, you know, bigger and beefier. And the Spiker's Saiyan hair is kind of intimidating, but this is not one of the more original <laughs> designs Akira Trauma ever, ever thought up uh, upon, you know, we watch it. It is kind of lazy in, in design. Um, I mean, I mean, the Super Saiyan forms actually, the majority of them in, in, in their different forms aren't really all that different. Uh, until they get to the Buu Saga, but uh, up to this point, yeah, it's kind of uh, he's. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of uh, flair and substance to it. I don't think, or so, uh, I should say, there's not a lot of style. I would say, so I I would have to agree with you. It's not really uh, a great design. It's just kind of the same. Um, <clears throat> so the uh, let's see, I'm trying to go back to the beginning of the synopsis here. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what happened. The I thought Boma in in the storyline actually her well so far her interplay here was uh she she came off she didn't do anything stupid I'll put it that way she, she didn't have a whole lot to do but she just contributed she got new suits she got her her uh well destruction device that that uh, Krillin promptly destroyed once he saw a chick but I thought she can she contributed a good amount to the, in the short amount of screen time as opposed to like Yamcha who. Just, we're just there. Oh, I can't do anything. <laughs> Are you saying that Boma's more useful than Yamcha? Yes. <laughs> Take that. That's another. That's another bullet in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> the motivation, really, the elephant in the room is, it's Vegeta's horrible reasoning for double crossing. For selling everyone out. <laughs> it's uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily mind that because he is a character who you know he's not firmly. Even now, he's not firmly, you know, in the camp of the good guys mm-hmm. for any reasons other than his own. I just don't necessarily buy that Cell's reasoning for it. Like, I don't buy that convincing Vegeta. Oh, well, like, 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 like Cell saying, don't you want to... Uh... Yeah, don't, yeah, do, do, I, I understand, like, they were trying to, you know, oh, obviously the Saiyan pride and Saiyan wanted, but it just, it didn't seem like it was, I guess, developed enough that he would, that he would, you know, go after that. He'd bite, you know, it seemed like he could use more convincing. It is to go kind of from like, one extreme to the other. It is kind of like Cell really being a villain and, and like that not phasing Vegeta at all. Like like Cell saying, you know, don't you want to fight me? I'd be stronger than you. And and Vegeta's like, like hypnotize. Yes, yes, I do. And it's very like, it's not actually like you know this. Let's let's actually get into this. This actually is like probably the most controversial aspect of the entire this entire era, like this the Cell saga, because like in this in, in this episode, because the characters' actions. Are like are as some fans, as some more of the unkind fans would say, um, aggressively ignorant and stupid, like 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 just just egregiously idiotic, and I think that this move by Vegeta, um, this is actually a funny story. A month ago, uh, my brother was home for spring break, and he was actually reading uh this this part of the of the of our manga before we actually were talking about it, and he came down like, one day and like said, you know, I was reading that part of the Dragon Ball Z, and he, he actually coined the phrase cavalcade of stupidity, which made me laugh because. <laughs> He was really he. I mean, he had, he he's seen all Dragon Ball Z before, but he was really taken aback and how he remember how in the series, just by like the the arrogance of Vegeta and like you know just the fact that Krillin was just you know being just hypnotized by his dick. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's. I don't know if it's the actions themselves are stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just that they needed you know the promptness of them could you make some appear stupid. Like if Krillin would have destroyed that. After having you know encountered eighteen more than one time, you know and developed more of a relationship, okay, that'd be that that would make sense. Good point. Or if 
Cell had, you know, kind of ch- chomped away at Vegeta's resolve and kind of, you know, planted that that in his head quicker than, you know, five minutes before, making him change from, I'm going to kill you effortlessly to, no, 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 we have to let you live. I'm going to attack my own son to stop him. Like, yeah, it's just, it was a, I guess it felt very forced. Like, okay, you know, these are the decisions the characters are making to further the plot. Um, well, here's the thing, I mean, um, I'm, I, personally, I'm of team mind to this. Uh, watching the game for the first time in a long time. Um, I think that Vegeta... I, I made the decision, like, this morning I was thinking about that. Vegeta actually is, like, unlikable this entire saga, <laughs> I think. Is all he does is whine or think he's the strongest person just to get, just to get proven wrong. There's no, He's not really played at a different level until, I, until I would say, the, the, the dead end of the series when, you know... Not, not, not the series, but the, the dead end of the saga where major things happen. But for the most part... He's actually, I mean, he's, he's really, he's kind of frustrating to watch because he's so self-involved that, like, he actively has the plot go forward by, you know, detrimenting the, the good guys, uh, which, I mean, he did, he did, he did in, the, in the Namek saga, but he was still kind of a bad guy there. Here, it's like, you know, he's just, he's so in his own world that, like, it's just, it just screams ignorance, and I, on the other hand, that, that is his character, so I'm, I'm having a hard time really being mad about that. I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to work out how I feel about it. I, I, I'm trying to work how I feel about this, these all these episodes in general, but um, that's kind of uh, you said you don't you don't mind as much because that is the character, right? Yeah, I don't mind like the yeah the actions I, like it fits for the character. I could just I wish we would have got a little more development out of it, a little more scenes showing you know the, the transition or showing like yeah, it just seemed too quick, like too abrupt. It's like, you know, in one episode, he's just, in like, in like a few minutes, like you said, he's just convinced to... It's not even like, uh, just uh, doing it over the course of a single episode, you know, having an episode where intercutting between him fighting Cell, other things going on, all the while Cell telling him, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're beating me, let me, you know, if I was my perfect Cell, I'd be, if I, if I was my perfect form, I'd be more of a challenge for you. And so Vegeta can, you know, think over that, mull over it, and it kind of, it's like he introduces that, well, if I was stronger, it'd be just like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Not only that, but it's, it's also like I don't think these fights in these in these episodes are actually particularly good because the Vegeta cell fight really is. I mean, in this in this batch of episodes, really isn't much to speak of because it's it's so one sided that it really isn't that interesting. And because because Vegeta's design as like I think the the fan name is the Ultra Super Saiyan, which isn't terribly creative either. But um, Vegeta, Vegeta's like you know new Super Saiyan form. It's just you know him being having bigger muscles and longer hair. That's is almost that, a- is that his second Super Saiyan form? I guess Super Saiyan suit too. Uh no, this is that will, we'll, you'll know when it's Super Saiyan two. <laughs> They're not there yet. I just assume that's what it was. No, no, no. Trust, trust me, trust me. Super Saiyan two is like a big moment in the series, which uh, we'll get there when we get there. But uh, right, right, like right, for the for the time being, everybody's still in the Super Saiyan one form. So this is like Super Saiyan one point five. Kind of. One point two. There are certain steps to get to Super Saiyan 2, but we'll get to it throughout the series. Yeah, I I assumed it was, and I was like, okay, well, that's kind of you know no fanfare. Huh. It is funny because um, I know in one of the games, one of the games mis- uh, mistakenly calls Trunks's Super Super Saiyan form Super Saiyan Two, and that's actually like a, a serious mistake because it's just not. In fact, Trunks never becomes Super Saiyan Two. <laughs> so, whoops. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. It's like you know, it's <sighs> before I, before I go more on that bit. Uh, I I do I would like to get into the um, the whole thing with with uh. 
Krillin Android 18, which I'm dying to, like, what, what was your thoughts on all of that stuff? Because I, I was trying not to, not to, not to, um, foreshadow much of that because I remember, I think, um, off air earlier, uh, in our episode, I think you would ask, like, does Krillin get a girlfriend or something? And like, I said, oh, I won't say anything about it. But uh, what were you thinking about, like, this, this subplot with him? Oh man, it, this was, this was, <laughs> on one hand, it, it was kind of awesome, just, uh-huh. just due to the pure absurdity of it, like, I mean, we get the same flashback, like, the same <laughs> image imprinted in his head, like, eight times in a 20-minute episode, like, he's flying, you know, thinking about the android, bam, kissing the cheek, you know, bam, kissing the cheek, oh, he drops the, drops the remote, oh, then he sees her. Oh, it all comes flooding back again. When he lands, and he's like trying to debate himself into not blowing the android up, it's like he's on a drugs on drugs or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. like, he's hallucinating about this chick, really, from a kiss on the cheek. He's so thirsty. <laughs> Poor Krillin. Like, part of it really makes him look kind of bad. <laughs> In a way, which is really, really funny. I cannot wait until Dragon Ball Z Abridged gets to this part. It can only be awesome. But um, I, I interrupted you. What else were you saying? Uh, well, you know, and going on, he said he talks about you know he visualizes the kiss over and over again, and then he mentions like, oh, she's looking at me that way. I'm like, <laughs> like with her eyes, like what? Her really creepy eyes. It's uh, it is just overplayed. Like, cause I didn't necessarily even mind the you know the the foreshadowing we've had before. Like, okay, you know, he, he thinks she's attractive, that's cool. And some of uh, some of his points, he says that, you know, she was just an innocent girl before Jero got to her. And I'm like, okay, that's a cool point to play with, but you haven't mentioned this prior at all. And you're focusing way too much on this kiss on the cheek thing. <laughs> like, you need to put a, more, put a little more development into that. Instead of just, oh, lips, oh. It's, it's more Toriyama's failing as a, as a romantic writer than uh, Krillin's actual characterization. Well, like, if it, if it was supposed to be comedic, it all, hit all spots. But, oh, yes. Yeah, then it hits the beats of, oh, she was an innocent girl. I'm like, well, you, you can't flip, flip the switch so easily, you know? Well, I can't tell you in the manga. I think uh, it's just, I mean, like, his, his whole decision making is about, like, you know, like, like, one and a half pages. Because, you know. Time, the time telling is different. Like they're they're like you know uh, one two three. There's like several panels, but it's not a, the anime really does draw it out. In fact, the original the original Funimation dub is hysterical because he's just like screaming to himself, <laughs> and you damn well bet that I'm gonna put this in the in the show. But um yes, he I mean even I'm looking at it right now. He he does like you know shut his eyes, just wince, shake his hands, you know grit his teeth. Think about the kiss over and over again. Think about, you know, her saying, Late, see you later. And, like, you know. He does, I mean, all, all the stuff basically you see in the anime does happen in the manga. It happens, you know, it's not as repeated, but it's all, that's all still part of the story. And, mm, I don't know. I mean, okay, in, in fairness, in fairness, Android 18 actually really isn't that much of a villain. Because she doesn't really, I mean, granted, she'd be the hell of a Vegeta, but hey, who cares? <laughs> she, uh, I know, exactly. Um, she is... She was kind of taken into an android by Jero, and she did spare everyone's lives. And she did, she hasn't really killed it. I don't think she, I don't think she killed anybody. I don't think any of the androids killed anybody besides the seventeen killing Doctor Jero. But again, who cares? It's Doctor Jero. So yeah, like technically also an android. It's not. It's, I mean, like Trunks has his racism against them, but like it's not really like him. It's not the mission. Actually, isn't you know stop these villains. Although they kind of still try to see it as that. And but on the other hand, if Cell gets to her. 
then they're all foobard. And they are foobard, as, as you will see, that he does get to her, which is completely his fault. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, there is there is a certain morality towards it, not just, you know, Krillin being, you know, to having that just that, that ridiculous hard-on for a girl who he doesn't really know. I personally, honestly, I, I find it really funny because, uh, well, it's, I don't have to explain why it's funny, but like, um, we don't get romance all the time in Dragon Ball Z. We really don't. We don't get it hardly at all. I know it's it's so testosterone heavy that like I enjoy it, just on on that level. It's just a change of pace, but it isn't very well done in fairness because because there's not been development between. I mean, if you ran into her, like you said, if you ran into her another time in between the first, the last time and this time, then there'll be a, a bit more developed a bit more interesting there's there's more work to, to go off of but the fact that he's hallucinating over like the same thing over and over again then um uh i mean even if he like when he first saw her i, I know he said when they first were revealed to be androids he says well they don't look too scary but like he it's not like he, he was like you know making googly eyes at her so that that would yeah. even be a bit, a bit more but like it's funny i mean i mean it's i mean i kind of find it sweet a, a little bit because he you know it's krillin and the fact that we're seeing because krillin is one of the more every man kind of characters in the series. So, it's, I mean, it would be hard to see, you know, like, like Tien or Yamcha fall. I mean, I, I wouldn't buy Yamcha doing this. But, um, so I, 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 I buy it more from Krillin, but the fact of the matter is, is that, like, it does kind of come out, it, it, it isn't very well handled, and the stakes are so high that it makes him look, it does make him look really bad by destroying it. Yeah, I think if this were to happen, or if it was a little more downplayed and maybe the situation was different, I'd have no problem with Krillin having a crush on the intro. That, that's cool, you know? That's a, a character quirk, but it's a, yeah, the fate of the world literally depends on on the situation. And it destroys it. It's just, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, again, you know, that's, that's nice, but like, oh man, it's, it's, <laughs> I am very split on this because I, I think at the end of the day, I like it more than I dislike it. But there's not a lot of leeway for me to like it, I gotta say. And, and, I, and I, personally for me, in, in terms of these episodes, I I found myself enjoying them, especially I mean, a little bit later on, like when Cell's actually actively trying to absorb Rage 18. But I don't think they were very good. <laughs> because there were so many, like, you know, characters doing stupid things to have the plot continue. Uh, kind of show, like, like a, a, a lack of a lack of quality towards writing. At least, at least I thought. Like, what do, what do you think? Do you think that, like, this was... I mean, we talked about how it makes sense for Vegeta's character and everything, but like, do you think like this was kind of like uh, what? What do you think about like in terms of the writing in, in these episodes? I don't. I don't think it was a it was bad writing. Or I don't think it's. Yeah, I think it's more the execution. Like, it's almost as if that you, you padding out kind of like okay, you know, let's overplay this to let's stretch this out a little bit and let's you know, like yeah, like the fight with the the fight with Vegeta and Cell seemed a little stretched out. Even by you know Dragon Ball standards, uh, yeah, Krillin, Krillin's you know infatuation it seemed a little stretched out, like almost like they they're trying to you know fill even fill the gaps a little bit. So I can't think of what I could you know point to and say you could put more of that in its place, but it just seems yeah it just seems like they kind of were were grasping at the, at this point in the story. Because what's up? Well, no, what does look is. Uh, you know, some of the stuff, some of the, uh, there's some stuff with Goku and stuff. Other characters you could touch on that I, that I th- think did better. I would like to see that more. Yeah, hell, I'd even like to see more Chelsea. I, I, I enjoy seeing Chelsea. In fact, I, I really dug the, the beginning bit because I love, again, I, I really do love the whole bit with, with Tien and everybody worried about him because that's, that's, it was a great shiny moment for Tien. 
And it was nice to see. I mean, did, were you surprised to see Piccolo still alive? Uh, Piccolo has a habit of not dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Frieza shot him and everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, he's like Wolverine. He just regenerates, you know, not only body, like limbs, but anything. I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's just chilling in the river. And Goku just goes and fishes him out like nothing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to play that. I mean, because I, I remember when I first saw that, I thought he was dead. But, like, you know, it's hard to say Piccolo randomly died. Um, I mean, yeah, I dug the first few episodes. But, like, uh, when, when Vegeta and Trunks get introduced, it's just like, I mean, it just kind of follows on Vegeta and Cell. Um, this Cell, who I, I think that this this version of Cell is, like, like probably my least favorite Dragon Ball Z villain out of the entire thing. I don't, I, I think it's a lot to do with the design, because I feel, I feel the same, he is, like, my least favorite villain so far. Yeah, man, it's just like, I mean, it's just, I don't know, you know, you know what it is, it's like, you know, the first Cell was, uh, you know, really, like, I mean, he was creepy, he was really, really creepy and threatening, and, you know, Perfect Form Cell is a bit more traditional of a villain, but I, I like the design, and I just, like, I really love his personality, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but, um, I think I think also as much as I love the the whole bit with Tien, the first thing that this form of Cell does besides you know pretend to be Andrew Seventeen's voice is get punked out by one of the weaker characters in Dragon Ball Z, you know, he he just gets totally manhandled by Tien of all. Yeah, that ones. does kind of kind of underplay, really underplay does. him a little bit. And then like when, when, and then later on when he's like you know yelling eighteen come out like he's kind of just screaming that looks kind of goofy to me. I oh no yeah his uh, his mouth even enlarges. I was like okay is this like. Is this aping like American animation right now? It looks like something Bugs Bunny would do. Like, yeah, his style. And then, uh, I I was watching, and I hate when this artistic choice is made to have a tail coming out of someone's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like his in the first form, his tail came out where you know an extension of the spine. You'd think it would like. Yes. This one's yeah, in the middle of the back. I'm like, you you couldn't use it. It's more like a like a tentacle at that point, which yeah, I guess. I guess as Japanese, so good very well be, but oh, yeah. you're supposed to believe it to be a tail. Like, yeah, it's, it's almost like this 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 version of Cell doesn't need a tail. I mean, obviously he needs a tail for his for his biological purposes. That that's that's made that's established, but it almost clashes with his design because I mean he's missing. The, he looks like a fully formed soldier, kind of bulky guy. He's missing the wings, you know. He's missing he's missing the kind of like kind of like Cell style. I think the wings really do add to that Cell design. I think that like, I'm, not to say that I was totally missing the wings, but. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, the voice doesn't help either. You know, that kind of doofy voice. Like, when, when he was whining, No, I can't beat Vegeta. I was like, you know, just kill this dude. <laughs> like, because he, he's not the same character that he was when he was his first form. I mean, he really isn't, he really isn't written that way. Yeah, his motive, or his motivations don't seem the same. And his, yeah, just like, yeah, just the way he reacts to situations, it just, it's completely different. I mean, like, you know, I can't see the first form of Cell whining as much as this one did. I just, I can't, I mean, he would be a lot more sneaky, you know, he would hide it in the ground like he did, the, he would be a lot more focused. This one's just like kind of caught up, you know, like, you know, oh, derp derp Vegeta, and I'll take time out to fight you. <laughs> like, the first one was so, when he fought Piccolo, he knew he was outclassed and got the hell out of there. He didn't waste any time. He, he didn't entertain the idea of fighting Piccolo just because, you know, Piccolo said, or, or, or fighting Vegeta, just when he, when he said, uh, you know, just because... It's, I, mean, I don't know. It's 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 kind of it's a shame. Honestly, it's a shame. Um, not that I hated everything I saw today, but there there were there were some like you know disappointments which I didn't see earlier. Um, what what else? I've been talking for a while. What what else you got? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I thought uh, 16's 
in here was very nice, even though he 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 did nothing, like literally, he just kind of sat. But it was just cool. He came off very robotic, very cold, and kind of resigned to his fate almost. Because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he's he's damaged goods. He's about to you know, like power down. It looks like, and he's he's very matter of fact with eighteen. You need to leave. You need to get out of here. I think at one point he even says go without me, or maybe that's yeah, maybe that's an episode's future because I watched a little ahead, but. Yeah, like, within these episodes and, you know, the, the few prior we, we listed last episode, that was kind of confusing, but uh, 16 got, a, like, a lot of a lot of character development very shortly, a lot of a lot of screen time shortly. You know, his, his heroic side was shown, and his compassion was shown last, last episode, and, and this time, yeah, he seems very, very at peace with himself, like, you know, he's not scared of, of Cell, like, very robotic also, but... He's very noble. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting character. Because I want to see more of this character. You know, it's it's uh, I, I did not expect that coming from him when he was first introduced. It was like, oh yeah, you know, giant brawler. This is gonna be you know another Nappa. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> oh, I did like the scene where where Krillin was looking at eighteen and sixteen, and that, that chipmunk went on 16's shoulder. Like you know, that was a nice little bit little bit of a moment after all that chaos. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like it proves okay. Hey, yeah, he's look, he's. He's he's nice and innocent, and then I uh, also like the scene. I think it I think it, it's happened when Krillin goes to pick. Uh, they both go to pick sixteen up, and Krillin's looking at him like, "Hey, big guy!" Kind of scared. Like, like, ah, yeah, it, it is. That was how it would be. He only knows him as a threat. Right. Yeah. I will say that, like, uh, kind of going b- briefly back to the Krillin eighteen uh, shipping stuff. I did like at first in the way Kai played it and how. It, it almost seemed as though Krillin was sort of like, you know, it, the dialogue makes it like, you know, maybe he's afraid of, you know, like confronting the androids. But we know, judging by Krillin's past actions, that wasn't the case. And the artwork showed, you know, it was very subtle at first, at least, you know, not, God knows, not later on. But at first, <laughs> kind of hinting what his deal was to in terms of his hesitations. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, we actually got a lot, a lot of really nice scenes with Goku and Gohan in these episodes, I thought. When they're going to the time chamber to train and go, I mean, we see so much more of uh, Goku and Gohan's training than we do than we ever did with uh, Vegeta and Trunks. We saw nothing of that. So I um, wonder if that was intentional, or, or I imagine it. Well, obviously, it was intentional, but I wonder if they wanted to, per, like, purposely did it to to accentuate like showing Goku and Gohan like a family unit, as opposed to, you know, trying to attempt to build up Vegeta and. Trunks, because I I definitely assumed that Vegeta and Trunks' training was completely different. <laughs> well, yeah, they were they were not talking to each other. Uh, also, yeah, they were not some... talking. You, I'm sure you didn't have Vegeta cooking for Trunks, <laughs> or you know, encouraging him. Like, yeah, their training methods have to be completely completely opposite. Yeah, and um, also, uh, I think it works well because there's some secrets to be had with Trunks later on. That we'll talk about. So we probably probably want to have that have that, that uh, secret tipped. Um, I really like, because we, we, we get a lot of this. We see um, Gohan, Goku saying, okay, step one. It's also because we've really not seen Gohan that much in this series, in this saga at all, really. He was a little bit there for, like, you know, at the very beginning, and a little bit during the, the discovery of the second time machine, but, like, Gohan's been kind of kept on the sideline, and, you know, he's, he's a major character, so I like how he's with Goku. We don't see him with Goku all that much either, and they're kind of training and, you know, being very, very father and son-like and it was it was nice to see. I mean, it was nice to see, you know their their focus is still on the on the task at hand. It was it didn't feel like filler. It felt like you know important things that need to be done. And it was nice character beats between the two of them. I really enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah, and I actually uh, 
since we learned that True Saiyan's hair doesn't change ever. Yeah. And Goku somehow did not realize this in his, you know, years of life. I like that, uh, I guess Goku gives Gohan a haircut, but I like that look better for him. And it looks like he ages slightly because obviously, I guess, you know, yeah, the time for, he's, he's what, seven at this point? So he'd be eight. Uh, they actually, there's a filler episode with his birthday coming later on. It's, it's actually kind of a bit of contention. He's he's like in between 10 and 11 somehow. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah. But so I, I guess, you know, spending a day in there would be a year for him, obviously. So yeah. it does look like he gets slightly older, which I liked. We'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that uh, in terms of like his hair. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's interesting because like, it, it's hard for me to tell the difference between him like, before he gets his hair cut, like, you know, that verse of Gohan and then like him from younger. But um, there's 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 some slight difference if you pay attention to it. Um, I had a, I had a few more. Did you notice that like on one of the islands, one of the, a guy had a shirt that said the Super Saiyan? Super Saiyan, yeah, yeah. What, what was that about? I was like, since when did Super Saiyans become like you know, everyday known occurrences? Uh, I, I did like the scenes of people reacting. It just kind of once again brought it back to the real world, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 who is this nut? Like, very Batman and Robin-esque. <laughs> yeah, and, of course, yeah, Cell just, like, starts destroying people. That was, that was, that was, that probably would have meant more if Cell wasn't such a horrible villain at this point. <laughs> like, but he, yeah, he just wastes thousands of people. That was really sinister. I, I actually forgot about that, and, like, I was kind of surprised when I saw that. I was like, oh, my, oh man. And I kind of have to wonder, like, is, Dragon Ball is obviously set on Earth. Like, they mention Earth plenty of times. And, obviously, it's, a whole, you know, different version of Earth, but, like, it seems like there's a lot of islands and uninhabited places. It's like, well, I don't think this could be Japan. They never name drop any Japanese cities. And, uh, yeah, like, it didn't seem like it'd be that vast. I don't think any character has actual, like, normal Japanese names, you know? Like, no one's named Sakura in this, in this, in this show. Uh... Um, and I don't think that, I, don't, I don't think throughout Dragon Ball they ever talk about they ever mention I mean it's planet Earth but like they never mention Japan everybody lives in West City or South City or Ginger Town <laughs> it's very cartoony <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I, that is, that's a very good point it's, it's kind of like an alternate version of Earth I mean they mentioned the word Earth so many times but they don't actually specify yeah I think it's where, firmly kind of planned in its own its own place Storyama Land <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's where it is. Come on, Krillin. You might not get another chance like this. Don't blow it! <laughs> Please, 18. You must go. <laughs> you can't let your personal feelings cloud your judgment! Good luck. <laughs> oh, man. That was cloudy. That was very cloudy. Come on, Krillin! Get rid of all those clouds! Very poor visibility. See ya. Don't let your feelings cloud your judgment! What am I doing? I can't do this! I can't let her go! The others! They're all counting on me! I can't let them down! Krillin, hold on! You can do it! She's just an android! I can't do it! 
suspension controller. How did that little guy get a hold of one of those? Uh, he looks mad. Uh, I think that's much that I have to say on this. One last, uh, uh, mention. I actually do kind of like, uh, Trunks' Super Saiyan design with the ponytail. I mean, cause what I like about it is that, like, we don't see him transform, we just see him appear as that. I thought that was kind of cool. A little bit, but, um... Well, when he comes out of the training room, he has the ponytail, right? Because Bulma mentions him. Mentions oh yeah, yeah, like like, like like when he's super saying, like you get to see all like the the bangs all spike across. Which oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit no observational, but um, I thought I, I just thought it was kind of cool that like Cell thinks he's off scot free, and Trunks just appears already super saying. We already see like you know his different look as a super saying. That was kind of that was kind of. I cool. did like when go or when uh, Vegeta and Trunks were going to meet with Cell, that uh. Vegeta just goes Super Saiyan instantly and just like rockets away. I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That that's just it's a little different than what we've seen. You know, we no trying, you know, or you know, screaming for ten minutes. Just you know, he's at a point where he can just say go and right. change, and then Trunks follows and follows suit and just goes instantly. I was like, "Oh, that's cool. It, it, it's kind of subtly showing how much stronger they are. Yeah, they can just kind of snap on with it. Um, and we'll get more to the uh, the struggles of how to maintain your Super Saiyan strength." Uh, after these messages. Holy nightmare! So we all know who Robin is, right? Short pants, bad holy insert object gear jokes, kind of weird relationship with an older man who dresses like a bat. I know, right? So not what Batman needs. Thing is, if that's your impression of Robin, then you don't know Robin. I'm Tom Panneries, and for most of my comic collecting career, I've been a Teen Titans fan. Moreover, I've been a huge fan of Robin and Nightwing, so I've decided to take a look at those who have worn the costume in a podcast miniseries called Taking Flight. Taking Flight focuses on the life and career of Dick Grayson as he evolved from Boy Wonder to Nightwing. I'll take a look at his origin story, his time with the Teen Titans, and his evolution into Nightwing. Along the way, I'll also look at Jason Todd and Tim Drake, stopping right after Zero Hour when Dick left the Titans behind. Episodes will come out just about every week at takingflight.podomatic.com, and you can find show notes at popcultureaffidavit.com. Join me as I take a look at Comic Dumb's most famous sidekick, who is a vital part of Batman's mythos. Spending an entire year in the hyperbolic time chamber was the most difficult task I've ever had to face. The gravity was so intense I could barely walk, the air was so thick I could hardly breathe, and the temperature fluctuated wildly, sometimes freezing cold, and others raging hot. Every day presented its own hardship, a new obstacle to be met and overcome. Of course, some days were harder than others. that I wouldn't last another moment in that awful place. I saw him. He stood at the heart of that raging inferno enshrouded by the flames. Thousands of fiery tongues licking at his body, threatening to swallow him into the furious blaze completely. No! No! In that 
instant all of my fears and all of my pain dropped away. I knew only that I had to be strong. I had to step through that wall of flame. I had to do it for him. Get back. I don't need your help. I train alone. Stay away. Suddenly everything became clear. Those raging flames hadn't been a product of the time chamber at all. They had come from him. Their intensity fueled by the one burning desire that consumed him. The desire to be the best. I knew then that my father would reach his goal. He would achieve an unprecedented new power level. He would surpass a Super Saiyan. And realizing this, I was left to face the trials of the Void alone. as a blur, a seemingly endless succession of grueling days and sleepless nights. Never had I known such effort, and never had both my mind and my body been closer to the breaking point. But through it all I persisted, the enormous shadow that loomed over me a constant reminder of my goal. The blood that flows through my father's veins flows through mine as well. I was determined to prove this fact at all costs. My every thought, my every action was directed toward this singular purpose. I honored my father's wishes to be left alone, but I watched him from afar when I could, and I learned. I knew that my father would achieve the greatness he desired. He would climb any mountain that stood in his path, and I vowed that I would follow in his footsteps. I would make my own ascension, so that one day I might face my father as his equal, and he will know that I am his son. And we are back. So now everybody knows that Android 18 is still on the um, the island. And by the way, I, I actually forgot to mention this. We talked about the stupidity of Krillin, the stupidity of, of Vegeta. <laughs> she is the stupidest character in these episodes. Why does not she? <laughs> she just stays there and watches. Like she could, she probably swim away, or you know, like, like I'm sure that she could have gotten away if she really wanted to, but she doesn't. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, so self self finds her. Krillin freaks out. Sixteen freaks out. Uh, 18's actually ready to fight, which is kind of cool. But, uh, as Cell flies towards, uh, Android 18, Trunk screams, You're kidding yourself, you think I'll watch you complete yourself? So, he pumps up and uh, instantly becomes, like, you know, the super, super Saiyan form. And flies back to Cell, beating the crap out of him. Trunks, or no, Vegeta is annoyed that Trunks is getting in his way of, you know, his plans. So, he actually cuts Trunks off and kicks, up, kicks away at him. And, um, so Krillin says, Crap, Vegeta, he screwed us once again. So, um... He says, stay out of this, Trunks. I don't understand you. You're a Saiyan, aren't you? Don't you want to see his true power? Trunks decides that, you know, even if he has to, he must take down his own father. He says, no, I've seen the future. And the future is now. We don't put it into this right this second. So uh, he powers up. And uh, Vegeta says, ha, you attack your own father? Don't make me laugh. You're too sweet. You would never hurt your own daddy. And that's the last thing he says as he's blasted away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Trunks proves him wrong. Um, Krillin and, and, and 16 tried 
uh, valiantly to, to fight off Cell, but Cell is way too powerful. Um, Sixteen actually pulls a rocket punch again, which also, which I liked, but uh, to no avail. It's not until Trunks shows up and beats and beats up Cell for a bit, where he solves a little bit. And Krillin really keeps on. I mean, there's a lot of like Krillin eighteen actually, because they kind of just like try to run away together and they fight together. It's kind of cool to see. But um, once once uh, Vegeta kind of gets back in the fray, he's he's there to witness that Cell uses the uh, famed Solar Flare or Taioken. And blinds everybody, including Chunks. So, while everybody's not looking, <laughs> he enlarges his horrible-looking tail and just gobbles up 18 in a real graphic kind of way, which kind of reminds me of something else in terms of how they animated that tail. Which I found, I found was a little uncomfortable. But um, Yeah. <laughs> use your own imagination, but like, I, thought that, I thought that was rather intentional. Uh, anyway. Japan. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's too late, and Cell has finally absorbed the final android, and is beginning to transform to his perfect form. Trunks still tries to stop him by you know attacking him as he's transforming, but to no avail. And um, there's a huge flash of light, and like the Earth is starting to shake and hurricane everywhere from the from the lookout to uh, Kami uh, to uh, the the Kami house. And uh, when the smoke is cleared and the lights have you know and the sun has come back. We see Sail in his perfect form. He is uh, a bit smaller, and he's basically more green, like, like kind of like lime green and black with spots. And he has sort of these uh, forearm uh, warmers, like Bardock had. And um, his tail has shrunken up to the to the to be just a needle on, on his back, which looks a lot better. And he has his black wings back, and um, but he looks more human. He's just, he has a, he actually has a nose for once, and a human-looking face with this sort of like uh, uh, strap on his chin. So, uh, this is perfect Cell. Um, Vegeta says he is disappointed because Cell is smaller and can't possibly be that, that much stronger. Um, Krillin is near tears crying at, at, the, at, the, at the horrible loss of his beloved Android 18, saying, You, <laughs> you murderer! You, you killed Android 18? No! So he attacks perfect Cell. So he actually, he's actually the first one to take on perfect Cell, showing his balls, or stupidity. Because, uh, Nothing he does uh, affects him. He even tries the uh, Kienzan, or the Destructo Disc. And for the first time in the series, this actually has no effect, as it just goes right through Cell. And when I say go right through Cell, I mean it actually breaks in half against Cell's neck. So uh, Krillin realizes how, how horribly screwed he is. And um, Cell says, now, you want to play? Okay, you'll be the first. And um, Cell uses a bit of a super speed and just clocks Krillin across the neck with one of his kicks as he flies by. So uh, Krillin starts to do what he, what he does best, die. And uh, <laughs> Chunks freaks out and runs towards uh, Krillin, saving his life with the Senzu Bean. Uh, Vegeta, Vegeta says, who cares? It's just Krillin. And it says, you have no honor if you think that's, that, that's worth anything. So Cell says, well, if you, if you please, maybe you can help me warm up a bit. Uh, as Krillin wakes up, you know, uh, basically it's going... <gasps> He tells uh, Trunks. Trunks is saying, you know, oh, I'm glad. I thought we almost lost you. Krillin says, Vegeta's about to die. I know I'm nothing against you, any of you Sans, but I can still sense energy with the best of them. And I can tell Cell is way stronger than, than Vegeta can ever be. He's holding back a lot of his power. Just like you are, Trunks, as he creepily turns his head towards Trunks. So Trunks says, so you know. Um, that's a bit of foreshadowing. So Perfect Cell and Vegeta begin to fight. And, um... Cell is blocking all of Vegeta's attacks. So Vegeta gets a bit annoyed and says, Come on and fight me! Show me your anger! I know you're stronger than this! And uh, Cell says, But I thought we 
I thought we made it clear. This is just a warm up. So um, he actually starts to show his power and like basically uses super speed to get right behind Vegeta. Vegeta senses him and clocks him in the side of his neck with a kick, but it has zero effect as you one might expect. So uh, he's a bit uh, scared at this point. And Cell says, <laughs> Super Vegeta. <laughs> so uh, he begins to kick Vegeta like a mile away. And just like, you know, kind of thrashes him, thrashes him here, thrashes him there, thrashes him everywhere. Krillin is asking, like, okay, Trunks, I know you're stronger than Vegeta. Why aren't you jumping in to help him? But, but Trunks said, you know, uh, uh, Vegeta seemed to hit a wall. But Trunks kept on getting stronger and stronger. He doesn't want to show up Vegeta because he wants to earn his respect and, you know, be the son that Vegeta would like. I don't know why he thinks that because Vegeta is such a dick, but never mind. Look, the moment he, because Vegeta's on the losing, losing end, the moment he loses consciousness, then I'll jump in and save him, but not a moment after. But, but Trunks, he could be dead by then. So at this point, Vegeta is on the ground and uh, slowly rises up into the air. And he has, he has his arms spread, spread eagled out on each side. And he starts to scream and, you know, raise his energy. And um, we can tell he's using every bit of his energy because the clouds begin begin coming and the weather begins changing and a hurricane starts to start. And he starts charging up and electricity starts to form all over his body. And um, we've seen this before because when Vegeta's pushed to his limits, then he starts to go crazy and mad. And um, he puts his arms out, stretched out uh, further against his body and saying, Now, Cell, if you really think you're hot shit, then stand right there and don't move a muscle. Take this on. And um, Krillin and Trunks begin to freak out because the power that Vegeta is emitting is so strong that any blast coming from him will wipe out the entire planet. So uh, the, the, then the planet begins to shake. Cell thinks he's, he's confident enough to take it and has this bit of a relaxed stance. Trunks screams, you're going to destroy the entire planet, father! You've got to stop! Uh, but Krillin says, Trunks, we got to go now! Vegeta says, final flash! And shoots off this huge energy beam, which actually uh, shrinks down to uh, man size when it hits Cell. Cell actually says, uh, wait a minute, before he gets hit by the blast. And the energy blast is so enormous that it skirts off and is seen through space. <laughs> and flies off into the next solar system, which is really cool. Um, it's like they're, they're on that, that part of the axis of the, of the Earth, otherwise that would have been bad. But... Um, yeah, uh, Vegeta actually manages to save the planet by just attacking Cell and shrinking the blast as it hit him. So the dust is cleared. The planet is still intact. Krillin and Trunks are still in the air, you know, uh, alive. And um, uh, so Vegeta is, is wondering, so take that, Cell. And as the smoke clears, Cell is uh, standing a bit aghast, saying, how, how, how could this have happened? And, and we see Cell uh, standing, and half of his body is blown off. Uh, his perfect form ain't so perfect because the right half of his body is just completely caved in and messed up and horrifying. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just kind of funny. So um, Krillin and Trunks say, he did it! And Vegeta starts to laugh and cackle. Uh, Cell says, that's not funny! No! Uh, just kidding. I'm just playing. You really are a fool, aren't you? And um, this apparently was a ruse because, as everyone knows, Piccolo cells are in Cell's body. And um, so Cell just stands up straight. And he manages to, to regenerate that entire half of his body. And it's as good as new. So, I actually uh, love that part. That was awesome. <laughs> he says, uh, no, I can't be defeated by a Saiyan. No, really, I can't. <laughs> awesome. 
So uh, Vegeta kind of like floats back down to the, to the ground in utter shock because he put everything he had. Cell starts to walk towards him and says, so you got anything else? Vegeta starts to blast at him, but Cell just like kind of walks through it and, you know, punches him in the face, kicks up him in the air, and as Vegeta started flying backwards up into the sky, Cell uh, gets right behind him and massively does a people's elbow on his spine. <laughs> Vegeta can barely even scream because it hurts so much. And he just slams all the way down into the ground and immediately just like blanks into his normal form. He is not a Super Saiyan anymore. Um, so Krillin freaks out. Oh my god! Vegeta! He's not a Super Saiyan! Either he's unconscious or he's... 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 And, and Cell's like, yep, he's gonna die. So uh, Krillin turns around. Trunks, you gotta save him now! He's about to die! But uh, Trunks has already started to power up, much to uh, Krillin's disbelief. And... Um, his body starts to grow in mass and size and power and you know power aura, and his his power is so awesome that his that his headband his hairband has actually you know t- caught fire and burned up, and his hair is really really spiky right now all over his face and his eyes start to go blank, so Krillin's scared. So it actually has uh, has Vegeta at a disadvantage because obviously Vegeta's unconscious, saying farewell Vegeta. But he turns around and sees the power in his sky, and Trunks just starts powering up, and um, and. It's an even bigger, bigger form than Vegeta was. His eyes t- return and says, "Okay, Krillin, here's the plan. Give the sense of being to Vegeta after you've gotten clear of this battlefield. Take him to Master Roshi's place, and I'll finish Cell." Um, Krillin says, "Don't you have a sense of being on your own?" He says, "No, no, no. I don't need it. Um, I'm going to prevail." So he flies back down and um, takes on Cell. He pretends to lose for a bit as Cell punches him around, but only because he wants Krillin to get out of the way. So once he sees that Krillin has Vegeta's body and flies away, uh, he gets out and is ready to fight for real. Cell says, so I guess now the, the, the real battle begins, knowing uh, Trunks' plan the entire time. So uh, we'll continue on that fight in a little bit. Before b- before we uh, end the synopsis, we should mention the, uh, the, the uh, training between Goku and Gohan, because Goku and Gohan are, are fighting. Um, at one point, Gohan hesitates, and Go- Goku says, all right, that's enough for today. Gohan actually starts to snap back at his father, saying, you know what? I remember when I was training with Piccolo. He told me that you were too soft to train me right. You've got to become, you got to be harder than this. You've got to push me. Come on, Dad, fight me, seriously. Uh, so we got, he starts to have a little bit of a, a son rebellion against his father for once in his own life. And mm. um, he says, look, listen, you have to push me as hard as you can to the point where it kills me. Otherwise, we'll know that like, I was never meant to be stronger than you. So Goku respects his wishes and turns into a Super Saiyan, powering up, and actually shoots off a very strong Kamehameha. Uh, Gohan is, braves the blast by, by uh, pushing it, and actually holds it in front of his body before it actually hits. And um, Gohan struggles to, to you know, keep it from killing him. He remembers all the fights he's been in and all the times he's, he just wasn't strong enough to, to save his friends. This gets him uh, enraged at his own weakness and his own failure to save everybody. And the anger is just enough that where... The, the Kamehameha actually hits him, but he actually bounces it back because Gohan, by this point, has become a Super Saiyan. So Goku uh, floats back down. He was in the air at, at the point. And he floats back down to uh, what ground there is because they're in a big blank space. Gohan has a really difficult time holding the form and uh, struggles and actually just, just can't do it. And kind of flashes back to normal because the power is too much for him. So Goku says, yeah, I'm proud of you, son. You're finally a Super Saiyan. What do you say? I'll give you a haircut and we'll continue the training a little bit later on. So uh, that's oh, he does get the haircut right here. Yeah, that point. (laughs) Uh, And uh, that's where we're leaving off with uh, Cell and Trunks, and we're leaving off with uh, Goku and Gohan.
So uh, for these ep- set of episodes, Jesse, from you know the absorption of Android 18 to uh, the, uh, the defeat of Vegeta, what were you thinking? Well, I I do like uh, Perfect Cell a lot more than his second form. Hell yeah! He just he definitely uh, seems uh, I don't know. He just seems like more like the character that we originally got, and more yeah, more intelligent. Maybe it's maybe it's all the voice. I don't know, but yeah, he just, he just comes off. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying you know the art more because he's in there now. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he clearly whoops the uh, the floor with Vegeta. Who had Vegeta. <laughs> If you weren't so arrogant and stupid, I feel bad for you. Yeah, but we don't. <laughs> I'm I'm in total agreement, man. Like, I, this this I mean I I really love this design. I don't I don't know if I'll say like I might like it better than the the Form One design. All together, although I still maintain that the Form One design is like one of the best designs Toriyama ever had. But this one I really like because it's really it's really slick. It's, it's, it's a cool it's a cool look for a villain, I think. Because he doesn't he doesn't look automatic. I mean, he looks he looks evil, but not overtly so. I think. And I think that the the, the 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 black really suits him well, rather than the, the the bug look or the or the amphibian look or the fish look or whatever he looked before. He, he just looks more like a, like a a weird looking thing, but. Uh, a lot easier on the eyes than, than the previous two forms. Yeah, I think this one is uh, it 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 has a lot of similar beats to the the second form, but being more yeah like you said more refined, taller and a little skinnier, it kind of harkens back to the original also. Mm-hmm. And like his build, his build. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed you know once he changed. Sucks Android 18's gone. For, sucks for Krillin, but. That that was I, mean, I like I like the character not not that one we're seeing, but um I like that uh that sixteen is about to like backhand him and he's like I wouldn't do that if I were you yeah sixteen's about like you know like like judo chopping he's like oh, please <laughs> that was kind of cool so yeah it's it's kind of tough because like this this fight was a very very straightforward Vegeta doesn't win but uh, what did you think about the the revelation that Trunks might be stronger than his his father that was interesting and going you know going back. Rewatching it, I was like, "Oh, so that's what that's about." Yeah, there's a little bit of foreshadowing in the beginning, and looking back, you can you can kind of see that Vegeta's not necessarily happy with that. Like, and that's something that he he clearly would not be happy about. Uh, I do like the scene with Vegeta. I can't remember if it happens. I think I think yeah, I think it happens here when uh, Vegeta's telling him, "Oh, you yeah, you don't want to attack your dear daddy," and Trunks blasts him, and he's (laughs) laying in the ocean, and he's kind of proud, like. Maybe you are saying you did it too. Oh, I love that. Like he he's got, he's he's just like, like kind of like laying flat in the in the ocean, like just like 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 wasting time looking at the sky. That that was that was a fun scene. And then he's like, you know, so he actually did it, but he chose the wrong guy to mess with. And he kind of like then he decides to be mad about it. <laughs> that might be my favorite moment, my, my favorite Vegeta moment in these episodes. Because God, no, there there are not that many. Yeah, there's not that many good ones. No. Although I will say that, um, what did you think about uh, Vegeta's new attack, Final Flash? Well, I think it was about uh, kind of useless, and he ultimately didn't turn the tide of the uh, that's true <laughs> thing. And it, it seemed like it was kind of wasted. Mm-hmm. Like I, you introduce something new, I, I want to see it be effective. Introducing something and then ultimately still putting worthless is like okay. It kind of it, it's hard to get excited about something. Visually, it looked cool. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first saw this. Again, this is this is part of the series where I didn't know what's going to happen. I was watching this, and all of a sudden, he just she just says, "Final Flash." It's like you know, we've never seen a final Flash. I mean, what what, what came before this? <laughs> but uh, it was. I, I like the move. I, I like the move a lot because it, it's clearly very very powerful. And granted, Cell Cell does you know regenerate from it, but like. It was kind of cool that he was blown in half. I mean, it doesn't do much ultimately, but that the was, that design was nice. I thought looked cool. It looked like uh, the the choice of how they depicted him. It wasn't bleeding. He looked uh, almost like cooked meat. There's someone like kind of scooped up that half of it with uh with a, an ice cream scooper. Ooh. <laughs> it was it was it was it was, it was uh, yeah. I, I'm not gonna say it was necessarily gory, but it looked it looked like it hurt. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was, that was, that was a nice word. That was a nice kind of, kind of surprise. Although it ultimately was, you know, kind of a fake out. Let's see. Was there anything else going to come in here? It, this is a really straightforward set of episodes. So we'll just kind of pop in with whatever. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something and, um, I really can't anything offhand. Um, I did like the, the, the episode that dealt with cell going after Android 18 and everybody trying to stop him, except for Vegeta, everybody trying to stop him. I thought that actually was, there was a bit of a uh, suspense and dread in that episode. Uh, because, you know, Krillin stays, like, right in front of her, even when he's blind, and he's kind of blown back and everything. And I think that, like, um, they show a scene that when he transforms into his final form, uh, his his power is felt all the way to Namek. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Dende uh, mentions it. That was that was really awesome. That was, like... Uh, that was that was nice, a nice uh, callback. And just to see the characters again was also pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it kind of proves just how powerful the character is. Yeah, for real. That actually that, that does put one over Frieza because to be to be how the power felt that far, it was um that was that was pretty impressive. Um, let's, 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 let's see. I'm not I'm not gonna necessarily fault Trunks for not stepping in with Vegeta. I mean, it, it might be prudent, but um, I don't know. I I I wouldn't say Trunks' decision not to, not to fight Cell until Vegeta was out of the way. Was this, I I wouldn't class it, categorize that in the in the stupid actions of this episode like eighteen. Uh, Krillin and Vegeta did, but um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that, that he he had a f- he took care not to hurt Vegeta's feelings like that. After after how dickish Vegeta was during like the original Android saga, when um, you know he punched him in the stomach and you know he said you know we, I'm not I'm not gonna wait for Kakarot or whatever. I was I was surprised that he he still cared about him by that point, but um, eh, he's a teenager. What does he know? Yeah, he wants he wants daddy's uh approval. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> I I still don't know why. I mean, especially after again, you know, let me let Cell, uh, you know, no. derp derp derp. Let me let Cell, uh, become perfect. There's nothing, nothing but good things will happen afterwards. Like, I would think that that would rather mar my opinion of my father if I were Trunks, but uh, I suppose not. Uh, speaking speaking of fathers, what did you think about the uh the Gohan Super Saiyan scene in the time chamber? Uh, see, as much as I disliked the kind the. Or didn't dislike, but kind of felt meh about the scenes with with what's going on with Vegeta and Trunks in the series. I really enjoyed the stuff between Gohan and Goku, and Gohan going Super Saiyan really felt like fluid, and mm-hmm. well, it really really felt like like it belonged. Like you you saw him training, and yeah, it was only you know a day, but a year for them, and you see kind of Goku going through it and kind of explaining you know what you have to do to to not only, you know, go Super Saiyan, but hold it, and, you know, the techniques and teaching him how to do this. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought it was really, really like just well done. I agree. I, I really, I really like it. I like the fact that uh, we see his thought process, and it, and it adds a lot of characterization for Gohan that he doesn't. He's he's totally changed from how he started out in the Saiyan saga, where he was scared and didn't want to fight. Now that he thinks back on that, and that that actually makes him really upset, which kind of which is a nice characterization. It, is, is, I'm interested to see what do you, how how strong do you think Gohan is in terms of like let's say compared to the Frieza saga like do you think that like he'd be stronger stronger than Frieza because I'm interested it was hard to kind of kind of gauge how strong it would be to be a Super Saiyan or how strong Gohan is before then not that it really matters but I thought it was interesting that um he kind of became Super Saiyan at this point uh, in this in the Cell saga well see I don't know if if it's it kinda, is hard the kind of the kind of judges. Hmm. It, it, it's. I don't know whether to judge Super Saiyan as like an arbitrary power level that once they reach, they you know once you a Saiyan reaches a certain level, or if Super Saiyan is different for everybody. Like right. That's you know, say Goku is just naturally at a stronger power tier than Gohan. So once he reaches like you know fifty percent of his power, he would become a Super Saiyan. Same thing, you know. So that he, if they were both super Saiyan, one would still be stronger than the other. Yeah, I, I I'm agree. I, I think it's the latter. I think that like it's, uh, I think you have to be at a certain power level to be able to do it. But I think that like it's, like uh, it's different than everybody else. Because I think Vegeta was a lot stronger than Goku when he when he became a super Saiyan. I think he was a lot stronger than Goku was on on Namek when Goku was on Namek. So like I think it's different for everybody. Um, plus Gohan has been training for the last like four years now. So he would, he would, he probably would, be, and because of you know the strength level and how he gets stronger after every fight, because he's a half saint, it would make a bit more sense. I am always a bit surprised whenever, whenever I get to that that point that he becomes Super Saiyan then, but I think it works well. I think it works well compared to like uh, all the other characters because it's not like so, it's not like something happens to him, you know. It's not like you know Krillin dies or he wants to be stronger than his dad. It's like sort of his own self-loathing kind of. Yeah, I was about to say that, and it's also also like that. Yeah, it's not. It's not only. It's not this epic event that, like, with Vegeta was. It's not. Yeah, like in the in a desperate a desperate situation. It's him and his dad training, which I think kind of encapsulates both characters and the difference between him and you know them and Vegeta and Trunks. Mm-hmm. It's both these characters caring about each other. You know, training, father taking a very, a very good you know very fatherly approach to the training, and also, in a place where he himself trained as a child. And and that Gohan is able to surpass that is also. Uh... It kind of builds up psychologically because there were scenes where he would he would have dreams of training and then he would just like, wake up and says when did I fall asleep, and he would see Goku like fighting icebergs and stuff, <laughs> weirdly, um, and they would show like his frustration. So it was it was kind of well done in the in the anime like how they kind of led up led up to that moment. I think I thought it was really well learned. It was it was really cool, and I really liked how it showed how difficult it was for him to to maintain it as a kid. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't just become it. Like he had to. He had to keep that power, and he and he couldn't like you know, hold on to it as much. I thought that was. I thought that was pretty interesting. No, Dad, don't. So, had enough? Okay, that should do it for training today. What? You don't trust me? <laughs> Gohan?
Piccolo was right about you, Dad. You're way too gentle with me to train me right. You've got to flourish! Fight me, Dad! You're holding become a Super Saiyan, all the time we've spent in here will be for nothing. Don't you see? Um, before we end off, I'm going to say, like, you know, yeah, I, I remember texting you earlier, <laughs> saying that, like, we're about halfway through the series, I believe. In fact, I know we are. Um, even if we, even when we get down to the Battle of Gods in between the Buu Saga and the very end of Dragon Ball Z, we're pretty much in, in the second half of the, sh of the series. Um, and it's interesting kind of getting, getting up to this point, like, I think these episodes, I personally think that these episodes are, 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 Fairly weak compared to what we had before, and what's going to come up immediately, soon, immediately soon afterwards. But um, um, like, what do you, th what do you think about the storytelling at, at this point in uh the Cell Saga? Do you, th do you think, do you, are you preferring the Cell Saga more so than the Free Saga, or does it like kind of all ring the same to you? What's, what's no, what's I, uh, I, I'm enjoying the Cell Saga a lot more than the Free Saga. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is funny because I, I didn't dislike the the Freeza Saga. And I like the Freezer Saga more than the Saiyan Saga. So, you know, to me, the show is just getting better and better. Uh, and you know, it it doesn't it isn't ringing the same. It's it's actually very different, which I is probably well well. I like it better than the the saga. Let me recant that a little bit. But I also like it differently. So it's it's a mix of both of those. Okay. And like yeah, these these few episodes here, this like lump, it's kind of slower. It's kind of not not on par with what I've seen, you know, in the rest of the saga, but I don't think that's going to take my like my whole view of the Cell Saga down as because I I do think it's going to pick up next time. I I really have a strong feeling it's going to improve. Oh yeah, it will. Just some of the just some of the hiccups that that kind of happened. Yeah, I think I think like uh, I mean some of these are fun to watch. I mean I, I genuinely enjoy the base with the perfect cell, but. Uh... I I I actually didn't realize how much of a struggle it would be to get through those uh those th that second form cell bits. I mean, he was, God, he was annoying. 
<laughs> I'm glad he's going. Um, I will say again. I think I mentioned before that this is my favorite saga, and um, so far it's holding up very well. And um, the best is yet to come. I swear. In fact, like uh, later on in the Cell games, I, I know that like there are th- specifically three moments in that which are my favorite moments in the entire series. Um, so we have a lot of really good stuff to look forward to. Actually, because like we're gonna finish um this this saga of Dragon Ball Z by by. Uh, depending on, but depending on you know how we kind of divvy up the episodes, October and November. Wow. So it's it's not gonna it's not gonna prove to be as long as uh the freezes are gonna be at least. That's I'm not sure it is. Um, I will say because you know, next time, next time uh on the next dimension this is the pin for the next episode. We are only gonna watch a couple of episodes, but it's that time of the year again, and uh, that this actually works well in terms of what we're going over because this time last year we went over the uh. Bardock special, and um, next episode, in addition to DBZ Kai episodes 82, 83, DBZ original episodes 162 through 167, and manga chapters 192 through 196, Jesse and I are going to watch and discuss uh, the other Dragon Ball Z special, The History of Trucks. Ooh, this is the first time hearing of this. This is going to be awesome, I'm assuming. Yeah, oh, oh, oh God, this, this is, I like this better than the Bardock special, and I like the Bardock special. Um, this is basically Trunks Year One. <laughs> uh, if anybody's, you know, not, not, there's not there's not too much to spoil because it's in the past. But this is essentially we're, we're going to spend the entire time watching Trunks grow up in his in his distorted timeline and watching his being in his future and seeing how he was trained by Gohan. Trunks AU. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Age of Trunks. AT. Um. But that is that is on, on on the docket. So, if anybody has any emails or any thoughts about the history of Trunks, before uh, want to be ready before we do do this episode uh, in the month of June, uh, please let us know at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. But yeah, like like after the history of Trunks, we're gonna it's it's not gonna be too long before we finish up this this uh, cell saga because obviously we have the rest of the cell saga and then it's a, a few movies and then we're gonna be heading to the final. The final arc of DBZ in several months' time, so we're kind of, we're kind of on a steep hill, uh, sliding down towards the end of it. So uh, I was I was going over as we we're going over these sort of you know mediocre episodes that we're actually on our way out. Not you know it'll still be for a while. The boost boost saga is actually kind of long, but uh, we're we're definitely past the halfway point by this time point by this time. It's hard to believe. It is God. I I've not changed at all. What's that age? Um. So, is there are any final thoughts and uh, for this episode of May, Jesse, that you want you want to give towards? Be wary of women kissing you on the cheek. <laughs> you never know when they're going to cloud your thoughts when you when you're trying to do something important. So, uh, this is going to end off for the month of May, and next time for the month of June, we're going to I've already listed the episodes, and we're going to review the history of chunks. It's going to be awesome. It sounds like it. Time travel, yeah. future timelines. It's also going to be bleak as, bleak as hell, so get ready for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, until then, for the month of June, uh, this is Jesse and Don signing out. Adios. Adios. You stole my adios. Whoops. <laughs> I'll give it back to you for a book. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.lipson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama.
Next time on The Next Dimension, we shall cover the balance of power, message of terror, and Trunks the Lone Warrior, aka the History of Trunks. See you then. Let's go!